0: We can't just let these people die. I came up with the best plan that I could possibly do, and that's to bring them as much energy as possible in its least damaging a way, because if you have unlimited energy, you can solve unlimited problems. Hello
1: there. How are you all? Did you have a good weekend? Are you enjoying the football? Watching the last night. We overcame Senegal, we've now got France in the next round of the World Cup. It's very exciting. I think the country will typically get overexcited. There'll be mutterings of, it's coming home, and then it'll be disappointment. As again, England crash out of another major tournament. Anyway, welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I'm using for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got Nathaniel Harmon back on the show alongside Steve Barber. They're going to debate the impact of climate change and what we should do to mitigate it. Now, a few people have wanted to have this kind of discussion with Nathaniel since he came on the show. I think it was originally uh, Alex Epstein who wanted to do it, but we couldn't make it happen. But Steve Barber put his hand forward and said, listen, I want to do this. I want to chat to Nathaniel so Whilst we're out in LA, I was only happy to facilitate it. Now listen, this isn't the perfect debate, it does go off track a little bit, and I do my best to try and help bring it back in line, to have some sense of kind of structure to it, but yeah, it does go all over the place a little bit sometimes, but still, we get a chance to listen to both sides, to listen to the points they wanted to make with regards to this. Now, Nate has been calling out everyone on Twitter. And I think I will hopefully get a chance again to sit down with Alex at some point as well. I think that would also be a fruitful conversation, but I prefer to structure these as conversations rather than debates. I think there's other platforms that are better at hosting debates. Anyway, see what you think of this. Let me know what you think. You can drop me an email about the show. It's hello at did.com. I do appreciate all the feedback and I do reply to everyone. So do get in touch and let me know what you think. And a big thanks to Nathaniel and Stephen for coming on the show and making this happen. So you guys have been chatting a bit in preparation for this, preparing for this, preparing.
2: No, we've Susponding. just been hanging out, man, and best buddies.
1: <laughs> and uh, Steve, Steve hates polar bears, and you, you hate humans. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. This you could have been, could have been Epstein. It could have been. Well, it never been Safer Dean. Mm. Right. Has he been on the show? Safe Dean? Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. A couple yeah. of times. Yeah. A couple of times. But we're not friends anymore. So um, he's
2: not friends with a lot of people.
1: Bitcoin's for enemies, though. Uh, yeah, but it, uh, this yeah. is a bit more than that. So, um, but I wish him the best, and I uh, I hope he has a good career with his uh, writing and his education. And if he ever wants to apologize, I would more than be more than willing to have him back on the show and talk. His to. new
0: book is not good.
1: Though. I mean, I still recommend his first book. His first first book, yeah, decent book. Rip out the modern art piece and yeah, get on with the rest of it. But it's a uh, it's a it's a good. I think VJ's book's better, but I think they're both good entry books. Mm-hmm. Um right. still
0: the best is Andreas Antonopoulos' mastering bitcoin.
1: Yeah, I get about a I get legendary. past the um kind of the index and I get a bit bit lost.
2: One book that's actually superb, I'll shill it. Uh do you know
1: Eric Voskil Yeah, I love Eric. Oh you do? You yeah. know him? Yeah, okay. Eric's great. He's been on the show. Yeah, he has been on the show. Oh, I recorded okay. with him in L.A. Actually, that was a long time ago. I recorded yeah. with him in Travis Kling's place in L.A. Uh, maybe we need to get him back home. And the same day, I interviewed Mike Cernovich. I you think should. it was. Mm. He, he's super underrated. Yeah, yeah, I like I like when, Eric. You
2: well. know, he's you know he's good when even the hardcore Bitcoiners don't can't get along with him. He's pretty
1: well John. Carvana's. He's, con,
2: he's con, controversial. Well, John Carvalho. He's been
1: like that this week. I like John.
2: Yeah, I'm on John's page with all that.
1: Yeah, what is the... Well, we could talk about that later, because we've got other stuff to talk about. I, yeah. I want to know what that 0 comp thing is about, um, understand a bit more. I mean, we've essentially been using that the whole time this week, selling merch. Yeah. Because, we yes, we do Lightning transactions, but we also do on-chain ones. Mm-hmm. We just take it, 0 comp, done. Yeah. You're in. So I need to know more about that. But anyway, we're here to talk about the end of the world... Um, Steve, it's great to get you on the show. We should get you on the show again and do an actual show sure. uh, outside of uh, this discussion, um, but just for, is that you? Sorry. Fuck's sake, Danny. Every time. he's get, He's got so casual since he's got fans. <laughs> <laughs> do you That's know what happens true. now? We go to conferences and people are like, oh, hi, Pete, chat to me, and I'm like, say hello, and they're like, oh, is that Danny? And they get all
2: excited. Handsome man, British accent. I, but I'm married as well, unfortunately. For his boots.
1: Um, but, Steve, introduce yourself to those listening, who you are, what you do, why you hate the earth. Why I hate the planet why you I want to kill planet. it. Why you want to kill <laughs> polar yeah. bears.
2: Well, uh, yeah, Steve Barber. I own Upstream Data. Um, I guess we, I came on the scene in 2017, um, oil and gas background, so I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, oil field was always uh, since 2011 I entered the industry. Oil production basically is my specialty. So, uh, before Bitcoin mining, like starting upstream data, I was doing like pump systems, like optimization. So, I got like a few, I, I was actually pretty successful with doing some tool design and I licensed that to an oil producer. So, I basically specialize in making oil. Like, that's what I try to do. I help producers make more oil.
1: How do you mean make oil? Produce
2: oil, pump more oil, get it out of the ground. Yeah, like a general gist of you know oil and gas production is you drill, you complete. you obviously explore first. There's geology and all that involved, but you drill, you complete, and you put it on production. So once it goes on production, that's like where guys like me, like I was hired to do that.
1: And what do you so mean by production? Like uh, once the well is pumping. Oh, yeah,
2: right. yeah. And there's all kinds of different you know technologies and pumping systems. Um, I, I'm from uh, Lloydminster. Uh, that's where I my career uh, started. So that's uh, heavy oil. So it's like very viscous, very sandy. Um, it's a different kind of production. It's not like your normal, like when you it think things, oil, you probably think pump jacks, like yeah. the tar sand, uh, tar sand. You're trying to trigger me. On. <laughs> <laughs> it's called, it's called the oil sands. Yeah. Uh, no, I, it's all good. Everyone calls it the tar sands and, and it basically is like tar. The tar sands is more bituminous surface, uh, mining, uh, where you're literally mining the oil off the surface because yeah. it's just the geology there. All the oil is on the surface up in the tar sands. Uh,
1: <laughs> is that the like in Canada? That yeah, ecological Canada. disaster. Yeah, it's not the only place in the world.
2: <laughs> you guys, yeah, yeah. it's not yeah, the only place in the, place in the world right where uh, uh, that happens, but it's it's the biggest place and and it's like the reserves, like the amount of oil is unbelievable that's up there right so right. incredible yeah. amount of oil up there it's all surface mined and then you know processed and um, but it's a very heavy miss oil uh, com- normal conventional oil when you're thinking pump jacks uh, that's like more um, it's just lighter um, sweet higher crude. API lower density that's sweet beautiful crude. That's sweet cruise so, what,
1: what, why is oil different like is it different composition based on the I don't know what is it though it's a, fossils that
2: yeah. Okay. This would be a better question for a geologist. All right. I'm we'll do a, this another I'm, show, another yeah. time. But yeah. So you get the oil out of the ground. Some of it has to do with depth. Like okay. the lighter ends on oil will flash off at lower pressures, um, and they can escape over time. That's what I was learned. But I'm a, I, I
0: am a geologist, uh, but a marine geologist, I, and it's been a long time since I studied the hydrocar- hydrocarbon development.
2: Right. Okay. You can jump in at any time. But like no, 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 you the, <laughs> the like the background oil is not really what I'm good at. Yeah. Like getting it out of the ground and helping people do it cheaper is what I'm good at. Right. Okay. Pumping systems is sort of how I started. And so yeah, people in the space know me from like since around twenty seventeen. I started doing uh really vent gas mining. Uh I you know, it's commonly talked about as flare gas mining. Uh, but we were really successful and have been successful on Small vent gas application. So that's vent gas is basically associated gas that you know you open a can of coke and you have in solution. um, Well, the gas comes out of solution because it's depressurized. The bubble point. Yeah, you're depressurizing it and it foams out. Just like that's literally what happens down the oil well. It's like foaming out. Right. Okay. And anyway, you got to get rid of that, right? So in in Canadian oils where I specialize, because I was saying that it was heavy oil, it's sandy. Because it's sandy, you can't pump it down pipelines. You have to truck it from site, and you don't have pipelines in place. So what you end up getting is this associated gas from the from the well uh, as they're pumping oil to surface to the tank. The excess gas gets vented to atmosphere. Okay. And actually, there was a. Uh, it's been known for a long time, but like there was just a recent. It was I think it was NASA, but some satellite imagery just found a bunch of methane clouds. I don't know if you saw that; it mm-hmm. made the news. Yeah. But Lloydminster, like where I'm based, is one of the hotspots uh, in Canada for sure. Right? And it has to do with the technology of how oil is produced there, and I just happen to live in a hotbed of it. And you know, engineers in our company, outside the company, in the industry, you know, we want to figure out how to use that energy instead of wasting it. And Bitcoin came along, and I think I sort of right time uh, because I was get I was learning about Bitcoin. I was transitioning from my Oil position to uh, to this downhole pumping systems stuff I was doing, learned about Bitcoin and then uh, you know uh, figured out you can use this energy intensive uh, ocean boiling technology to monetize. No, that I'm waste. boiling the ocean. Yeah, we're gonna boil the oceans together. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna help you boil those oceans.
1: Okay, just introduce yourself as well. I know you were on the show Nate a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, but just for anyone who didn't see that show who they should go back and watch it but just introduction again to who you are and why you're here.
0: Hey everybody, I'm uh, Nathaniel Harmon. I am the co-founder and CEO of Oceanbit. We are a um OTEC company. OTEC of course is because everyone knows what OTEC is. It's ocean thermal energy conversion. It's a renewable energy. It's the fourth major renewable base load renewable energy source. Um Third or fourth, depending on if you count nuclear, and I do. So the fourth, you know, you got hydro, you've got geo, you've got nuclear, and then OTEC is this fourth one that, I mean, we, we were talking about it. Even you, with your entire, you know, background, had never heard of OTEC. Um, you know, I talk, we get inbound from PhDs with thermodynamic backgrounds, never heard of it. Um, you know, renewable energy guys who study, you know, look at windmills and um, solar panels, never heard of fucking (laughs) OTEC, And it works by, um, there's warm water at the surface in the tropics, and there's cold, deep water below. And at the end of the day, it's just a solar concentration technique. You're pulling, you know, solar energy out of the surface of the ocean and letting the Earth do most of the hard work, you know, Warm water flows to the poles. It gets really cold. It sinks down to the bottom of the ocean, and then the you know the underwater circulation brings it right back. So it's doing all the heavy lifting for you. You have the hot the you know the heat source and the heat sink. And if you have a heat source and a heat sink, you can generate energy. And it turns out that the reason it's been around for a hundred years and nobody's ever heard of it is that. Uh, It's been stuck in this innovation valley of death, and it's a problem that Bitcoin solves. By intentionally stranding this thing in the middle of the ocean, we can demonstrate it at scale.
1: Well, so let me... Talk about the journey up into why we've got you two sat here. Um, I'm obviously going to moderate this and trying to be uh, as impartial as possible. I think anyone who's followed the show will probably say "But Pete, you're not impartial. You're going to definitely be on the uh, Nate side. But there is a like a journey to this in that historically, I'm somebody who's been concerned about climate change. Uh, but didn't really understand energy or the energy mix or the consequences of not having uh, enough energy. I understand that more now because of the energy crisis in the UK and Europe. Um, I've had various people on the show. I've interviewed um, Catherine Hayhoe, who's a, a climate scientist, and but I also had Alex Epstein on the show. I followed uh, Michael Schellenberger, and I've recently just listened to Bjorn, Can't remember his name on Rogan Show. I think. Yeah, and so I think I've like. The journey me and Danny have gone on is one that's like, okay, we believe there is an issue with climate change caused by humans, but it's it's not as simple as just uh, stopping using fossil fuels. And there's a lot of complexities around this. We need an abundant energy source as humans. So I'm kind of in this position where I'm like, actually I'm straight down the middle and I want to learn. I don't see these things as debates. My, one issue I have with debates is that someone feels like they have to win and therefore I think people can get a bit heated and try and dunk on each other. I actually, m- what I want to get from this is just learn from both people, and hopefully we can find out where we agree, where we disagree, and these conversations move forward. So I'll do my best to try and be impartial. If you think I'm not being pleased, call me out on it. Uh, also, I think it's best to try and not- I'm wearing
2: a Bedford shirt, so you Dude. have to be nice to me. Dude. Dude. <laughs> well, this guy is not wearing one. Well, <laughs>
1: I like that, dude.
2: <laughs> it looks good well, on can me. Can you buy I mean, that? Hat. It looks really good on me. <laughs> if you
1: ask me, you won the debate. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I you know I don't like debates where it's about winning. I don't think you. I don't think in these kind of things you win a debate. I think uh, the best thing is that everyone. If everyone wins, if we uh, make progress and understand. Uh, I think every the point
2: is just educating, find the truth. Like we're all on the yeah. same page, and I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a hot debate anyway. We mm-hmm. just hung out for yeah, we pretty just much hung a out days. For like the whole
1: weekend, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they just like, "Fuck the polar bears!" Now, I, <laughs> I, like, I like
2: this, this guy shit. too much. He's like a cuddly, really yeah. bushy. No, teddy
1: bear. But, uh, but but I think everyone does. Well, not everyone does, but the best thing is to try and find the, the truth, and uh, I think the end goal is is if we can have abundant energy with no damage to the planet Earth and humans on it, that's the ultimate goal. So, like... If we can all educate ourselves and move forward. I think that would be great. Um, it could have been a couple of people sat this side. Um, I know you've wanted to debate Safer Dean. Um, that would have been interesting. I think Alex Epstein also would have been interesting. Both of those came with lots of preconditions. Uh, Steve, We're you did. we still
0: talking with him in the background. Yeah. I, met, I, I saw him this weekend. We had a nice chat. So. I think
1: I think that will come. Uh, Steve, you didn't come with preconditions, You're, and you immediately you two have been chatting and, and you had some discussions. Well, I'm happy
2: to be here, and, and I'm more dangerous than both of them combined, so, so <laughs> <that's> <laughs> no worries.
1: <laughs> all right. So, um, let's open you can open that whiskey up. Here <laughs> you go here? Oh, but, Is there any water, by First, we'll yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. Within, uh, within about two hours, we all just gonna be like, ah, oh, fucking. Fuck.
2: <laughs> um, you, Steve, sir? you drop yeah. me a
1: piece of ice into that. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to try and moderate it and, and you could, you could use your fingers. I would have trusted you. Um, and yeah, try not to inter- interrupt too much. Nate, I fear. with you have to. Solve have you?
0: Cheers! We will do our best. Cheers, here. guys.
1: Cheers. Right, so, so let's 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 talk about where we. You could kick off what why we need energy, why civilization needs energy, why we need an abundance of energy. You talk about that.
2: Well, energy is the baseline of human civilization. Um, you can't build anything without it. Uh, you can't transform the earth without it. Our homes, this beautiful home we're renting here. I'm sure it's a rental. Is the the Earth is terraformed under us. On, using diesel excavators, the walls are made of coal fly ash. Uh, the floorboards are probably at least coated. They look like hardwood. It looks pretty nice, but a Plastic. lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of flooring these this these days are you know petrochemical based. Homes are made of uh, energy byproducts, but energy itself is the fuel of everything, right? So without it, uh, you know we go we reduce to a uh, I would you know we reduce to like a tribal uh, what we were and uh, I think some people sort of want that um, but it's a, it's a necessity I think me and Nate certainly agree on that I think everyone agrees on that and the question at hand is uh, what's the optimal. Um, uh, situation, energy situation that we should be pushing towards. And I think that's where there's going to be some differences and there's definitely, that's where the difference comes that you see out of me and you see out of guys like Alex Epstein, who you had on the show with the general public, I think, and you, you mentioned like, what do we have in common? I think one thing, I think one thing we have in common is that, you know, like one thing I hate seeing is like a climate denier, like, you know, people throw that around. Um, I've been careful when I argue like not to be painted as a climate denier because it's easy to get labeled um, so the first thing is I've never denied anything about climate change in fact it's I think it's ridiculous to assume that man has no effect on the climate My position has always been uh, for example what is the effect on the climate I'm skeptical of some of the uh, things people are projecting and I say projecting because I you know, Data science, like the stuff you do professionally, the, the stuff climate uh, scientists do professionally, like finding data points over time, generally that's pretty accurate. The, the problem is how does that project into the future? That's the, that's the unknown. And that's where I've always been very uh, outspoken against that, where we're projecting, we're, we're extrapolating unknown data points, but we're very bad at that, uh, as even the best people on the planet are very bad at extrapolating. Uh, complex systems
1: so so you agree humans are uh, humans are causing climate change yeah,
2: the only, I, would, I would just temper that with i 'm not as certain to what extent that that s- some of the narratives are saying, but because it's also not my expertise i 'm not a client uh, climate uh, i'm an armchair like climate person you know I, I try to read some systems some I'm well, more of an applied scientist that's what engineering is like we uh guys like nate here and in the profession of you know anyone can be a scientist really but anyone's doing science and the scientific method you're, you're still discovering science engineering is very fine like how do you apply this to actually do something good, and that—that's like if you're going to distinguish what an engineer is and what I am like as a profession versus someone else. Maybe Nate, I won't lump you in that because yeah, you're basically I, an engineer now well, too in your OTEC system. You know,
0: I came from uh, climate science. Right, uh, I'm a re- marine geologist and geochemist by training, and then transitioned into the engineering.
2: Yeah, well, I, I'm talking to Nate. I know you have an engineering spirit because the this whole OTEC thing is very, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's not like you can't really label anyone as one thing anyway but yeah i put uh,
0: different hats on for
2: yeah so like to sum it up like uh, i just say okay yeah we're, t- we're 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 having an effect on the climate and it's warming mm-hmm. so what so what are you going to do about it
1: okay so so you agree with that um so i have a
0: question what is you know what is your understanding of the cmep program right like you know you you say okay. I mean, right now, ze- me-
2: now, zero. Because <clears throat> I've never heard of it.
0: Okay, so this is the you know the projections, right? Um, it's the Coupled Model Intercomparison Program. Uh, it's been around for around forty years. It's a sort of iterative process, um, and it consists of twenty-three different institutions from around the globe who have each developed not just individual, you know, global climate models, but each institution has multiple departments in it. You know, there's hydrologists who develop hydrology models. There's, you know, the same models that you you guys use to, you know, geological models that you guys use to, you know, map out, you know, the the USGS models. There's, you know, atmospheric models, there's hydrological system models, there's, uh, you know, cryo system models, there's upper ocean, middle ocean, deep ocean models, and these 23 institutions have departments inside of them. I forget how many different uh, individual models there are, but they're not like one model for every system. It's, you know, Each model has an input and an output, right? And so each one, each one of these different systems is done by the experts in that system. And an error margin, of course. Oh no, no, the error margins are well understood, right? You know, error is a uh, is a scientific discipline in and of itself, right? You know, carrying your error through calculation, so. You know the the hydrological model feed into the ocean model, which feeds into the atmospheric model, and so all the this intercomparison study does is each one of those is different between these 23 of the best institutions in the world, and what they do today is say today is meat oil or. You know, 20 years from now is peak oil, or 28, 2080 is peak oil, and we're, we hit you know half half emissions reduction by you know 2025 or 2045. You know, just this one you know one forcing, and then they say let your models run, and they're all different. And so this is an intercomparison study, and I've participated in intercomparison studies because I did method development um, for. Phosphomolybdenum blue chemistry, which is, if we want to get deep into it, because I love it, uh, you know, you have a bunch of different chemistries all testing the same things to see how they, you know, differ, to see what the error is between them, see how good they are. And so I developed this one chemistry, which happens to be the best. Uh, for a very particular use case and so that's kind of what it does you have these 23 institutions running a suite of different models that all feed into each other and then they intercompare all these different models and so you get this nice um and there that's the ssp the socio economic pathway uh and there's you know there's the 1.5, the 2.5, the 4.5, and then, you know, like the worst case. And it it really – each one of these – When you
1: say the 1.5, are they the degree changes in temperature? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah,
0: yeah. And it's based solely on, you know, our carbon emissions, right? That's okay. really the only input to this system. And then they let these models run. And they've been working on these models individually for – the past 40 or so years right and it's an iter- as all science is it's iterative and then you know when there's problems with one of course that's a huge paper and they redact it and they correct for the error like error correction is a huge part of science it's like the biggest part of science you know and so they've been working on these things and getting you know it started off
2: uh, well, what is the trigger for error correction because a model so you, know, can you, build, you build a model with the best data you have, the best actual models built. So this would be chapter two of working group one is going to be
0: essentially, it's the methods section of all of this. And it's chapter two is, I don't know, a couple. Well, I was going to, I was
2: seeing if I, if I'm right in saying that it's time, you need time to verify the models. Do you not like, cause how do you experiment and this is also me asking you genuinely, like, how do you experiment against the models? And so there's different pathways, right?
0: And right now, you know, we're at the beginning. And um, actually, the, all of the models, except for the highest one, have 1.5 degrees Celsius warming by, like, 2045 or 2050. I forget. I don't have it in front of me. Um, so they're all kind Within of the next alone. 30 years. Yeah. They're all, and we're already at one right? They're saying we're going to get another 0.5. And of course, it's accelerating. And so we can see this because I mean, what you do is you take the input, we know how much sunlight is coming into the planet, right? And so we have a nice watts per square meter that falls on the earth, right? About 1000 uh, watts per square meter, but then you have to add the, you know, the curvature in there. So there's a cosine effect. And, so we, and then we can measure using black body radiation, right? For every watt That goes into the planet if it's a black body it should radiate that same watt out and so what we're seeing is there's this we are 0.5 watts per square meter short of black body radiation so that means that we are retaining more energy than than we're radiating which throughout the rest of the planet
2: you know, so history. then that's, that's like what we're seeing from past to the present, or that's what's being projected in the near future? That's period. what we're seeing today, right? Um,
1: what is the period we, we were measuring to, to see that one degree increase? What period so has that So that's
0: between 1990, or, sorry, ni- 1990, 1900, which is going to be about the baseline. You say this is 1900 is the baseline. So and in 120
1: today. years, we've increased by one degree.
0: But it's accelerating.
1: Of course, but right? but, but that's the period. Yes. That's one degree. Okay. And it's
0: accelerating. The rate of change is accelerating. Of
1: course, we're not saying it's another hundred well, another sixty years for yeah. it to be uh another half a degree. Right. It took hundred saying...
0: years to go, you know, 0. 0.8, and then it's taking fifty years to go another degree, and then and it really everything depends on our emissions. Okay. That's S- the input.
2: Yeah. I was gonna ask, so like me as a Dumb pleb, and I'm representing the dumb pleb because um, I don't. I don't study climate science. It's just yeah. not my interest. It's what, how do we apply technology to make and, and I'll talk about uh, like my position on that too. But like, uh, why should I trust that the models are accurate? Like, what what basis? Like, you don't.
0: You don't have no, to trust. You don't. That's the beauty of science. But, and, you know, since there of course, is government of funding, it is. Of course, you, can,
2: so you as a good scientist is has a degree of uncertainty and not full trust in the model. Yeah. Well, there's but error. Me problems. as a pleb listening to the radio and the Earth's basically, if we don't stop this by 2030, uh, everything is catastrophically going to snowball into um, like a cascading. You know, climate there's global warming event. And that's, they're saying 2030, the politicians are. I mean, the average Joe, what basis do we have to even trust these models? They're projections based on so what probably even? the most complex system known to man. Because even at least, at least like even, you know, astrophysicists have a much, you know, there's a lot in. Not that that's easy, but there's some a lot simpler science and like orbital science and stuff, and you can really project things extremely accurately. But we're talking about a system that's so complex. I mean, we can't even project tomorrow's weather. So well, how I mean, do we trust uh, the model, and why and why should we take actions? So what you can do. Can so, I just interject? So, so we
1: we've looked at the models, haven't we? We did this in preparation for the Epstein interview, and that uh, idea that you can't uh, predict the weather tomorrow is actually incorrect. You you can definitely predict the weather tomorrow. There are variations, but generally speaking, with, weather prediction there's always is some uncertainty. Good. Yeah, but uh, I think a weather prediction is different from yeah. a uh, prediction so of changing climate. Climate
0: weather over thirty years, right? Anything talking about anything less than that is not climate, right? Climate is the, you know, dominant weather patterns over 30 years. And so what you've seen over, you know, since 1900 is that each 30-year period has been hotter. And you're right, un- there is uncertainty, but that uncertainty is terrifying, especially when your entire civilization, right, the livelihoods, the food production, as we're learning right now from this Ukraine crisis, there are, you know, <laughs> you know who knew that Ukraine supplied So like wheat to like these fucking countries, and now they're in famine, and so little disruptions to these small little locations have these ripple effects, and so those uncertainties, especially when you're talking about the long-term hydrological cycles. You know, growing corn and wheat and soy, you know, uh, feeds the world, and that relies on the rain. And well,
1: let's, be, keep, let's keep let's keep a, to tr- be, a train okay, of so, it
0: to Okay, so just to you know, just full disclosure, my um, my advisor at uh, you know my chairperson of my graduate committee did win the Nobel Prize for Working Group One report. Sort of
2: Paul Krugman. What's
1: that? Paul Krugman won an. Economist. So did Paul Krugman. He's a junk, no, but that's an economic Yeah, I know. Um, but, but this I, that so was a, 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 uh, that was a
2: slight at the Nobel But
1: prize. but I think I think what his point is is that um, people have won prizes and awards for certain things, sure. and if you're a if you're a bitcoiner, uh, you see Paul Krugman getting a, a Nobel Prize for economics. Yeah. You have a certain oh, distrust. Yeah, you yeah, a I mean, distrust of the Nobel. So, prize. I
2: generally like. We're I Bitcoiners, like to avoid right. the. We yeah. trust. Yeah, but
0: verify, right? To quote Ronald Reagan, we, the whole point of Bitcoin is verifying, right? So what you can do is you can go to the ipcc.ch um you know the website these reports these reports are not these are not you know the science, right? These are review papers essentially and in the papers there's you know likely, you know very likely, you know without question they they you know, they have like a percentage on there. And what you can do is you can track the, you know, very well cited. You can take those citations in the method section. That's chapter two. You can go find each individual model from each individual, um, you know, institution. And then you can just read their methods section. So there's this trail of crumbs that anyone can follow still, all the way back.
2: That's right, but a citation, peer review, that's part of science, but it's not definitive. You still need experimentation. You need time, for example, if you have a model of anything and it's a model projecting something into the future. I mean, like in the oil industry, of course, they've been wrong many times about peak oil. When's peak oil coming? They've said, "Oh, it's coming at this date in 1980." They said that in 1960 or something.
1: Isn't that but, slightly different? Because that is when you say peak oil, you're talking. Well, about, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm economic. just saying modeling yeah. in general.
2: Like even you know, recently in the COVID pandemic, they modeled the viral. So let's not.
0: I just want to yeah. make sure. Let's not conflate different disciplines. Um, so medical science, econ economics. Is not a STEM degree. Medical science. The closer you get to charismatic macrofauna, the smarter things are. The harder they are to predict. The more you know physics that it's
2: involved. The easier it is to predict because they do what rock does. What rock does in a simple system, certainly.
1: But st- Steve, what, in in terms of because I think this is an important point. And I think that's one of the things that people are concerned about. They've got dist- even though you, I agree with what you're saying, there's been so much distrust from predictions and models, whether it's economics or medical, that creates that seed of doubt. What would it from your side? What would you want to see that would help you say, okay, at least I agree with the models, and I think well, I actually correct.
2: even now I, I assume the models are right because I'm not an expert in the space in okay. that in that entire climate science space. I don't have arguments against. The experts in the space, like I, I just say, okay, I'm an engineer. So, what's the applied science here? Like, what are we doing, and how is it working? Is it working? And that's where I, I'll get into arguments on you know why I don't think anything we're doing is working. In fact, I would say it's been a huge net negative. But I'm since we're just talking about modeling, I'm just challenging you on it um, and challenging the ideas because as the pleb, you know, just as the average Joe, mm-hmm. um, we see in the media constantly this that's fear media. porn. I know it's, media, it, I, yes, look, we can, no, yeah, we're, if, if we're I to know talk it's about not, the media, I, I
0: hate the media too. No, cause. I know
2: it's not the science. <laughs> I know it's not the science. They're not a representation of the science, but that's the actions that are the media tied together with the politicians. Yeah, but we can't talk about the
0: media if we're talking about the science.
2: But, no, I know. I'm point. just trying it's to say point. that as your average person that's being, well, forced like into a direction by our government's, like Canada has a carbon tax. Mm-hmm. I could argue how that's been destructive to the environment in Canada and certainly destructive to the people and economically. Um, but you know it like it is tied together in the sense that I know it's not the science, but it's being represented as a science. It's being ref- if it's all being representative as definitive, there's no uncertainty from the mouthpiece's not the scientist the The political mouthpiece is saying, we got to do this by this date, else we're all doomed, like the fear porn.
1: Yeah. And I think this is where I've swung a bit back towards maybe Steve's direction in that um, it's the uh, understanding of the implications of the changing climate and what we do about it, where we've seen some pretty disastrous policy, it, especially in uh, Europe um, and Canada, and w- the fear that we're actually being railroaded into bad policy which will have a net negative on humans. And I think that's... And see, I agree. But to keep it consistent, just so we work through it, you are asking about the models we do have the historical data that has shown the, the 120 years. Yeah, we're seeing a trend, yeah. We're seeing a trend.
0: And I've been to Mauna Loa. I've been to Station Aloha, the longest time series on Earth, right? We've been going up this mountain for now 60 years, taking the same measurements, doing the same isotope geochemistry. We've been going to this spot out in the middle of the ocean by Hawaii and for the last thirty years, and running the same suite of measurements, and we found the heat. We know where it's going, and it's really no question about that it's happening. Um, so, oh,
1: I so think, we're on the same. Oh, page. We're on the same page. We agree. We agree that an increase in carbon in the atmosphere will raise the temperatures. Yeah. Okay. We're in agreement that historically, uh, over the last hundred twenty years, the average temperature of the planet has gone up by one degree, and we're in agreement that. Are we in agreement, Steve? That we're going to see this trend continue. We have. I I always
2: assume the worst. Like the, I I, like. I'm going to keep falling back to the engineering view. Like I'm just like you know, just. um, I assume the worst, so we should build for the worst. Like that's that's proper engineering. You you build for the upset condition. Like what's the worst thing that can happen in this system? And that and that to me is what they're projecting and. And they'll have a confidence interval, right? And And there'll be be a worst case and there'll be a best case.
0: And each model will have its own error bars. And remember, each model run is composed of 23 different institutions running different models. And then you compare them. And so even though sometimes you'll see reported a single line, that line is just the average of all of these different models. And so it's... But people just don't understand. Yeah, but,
2: and, but we, and there's, no, there's varying models. There's varying models, there's varying like confidence intervals, but they you know error band. The
0: same trend. Okay. Just
2: like the stock to full model and the rainbow chart, oh, dude. Yeah, but they're but both is, are, they're both fucking wrecked right now. But, <laughs> now, <laughs> but I, that's just the, you know.
1: we, we got a couple of people we can blame on the uh, rainbow model. <laughs> but anyway, on the rainbow model, the, the um, once you hit the underneath, it's still one bitcoin equals one bitcoin, so the model still works. <laughs> that's the right. That's the right model. Um, so, but, so we're in agreement. And then there is a variation on over the next whether it's twenty fifty or twenty one hundred, whether we hit one and a half, two, two and a half, three. We're not exactly sure. We can. There are models to predict where we might go, but mm-hmm. either way, we're likely to see a continuation of the trend, which is an increase in the average temperature. And that's the, the average. Are we, yeah, yeah. But we. We're, yeah. We're well, let's gr- just
2: assume it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the right assumption to make.
1: So that that's an area I think uh, you both agree on. Um, I think the area of disagreement is where it's going to become a bit more interesting. My assumption is the area in disagreement is what we should do about it, what we can do about it. You know, and and what the implications of these things are. I'm gonna I'm gonna first this time I'm yeah. gonna go to Nate. Nate, in terms of mitigation, there's two things. There's, there is changing the energy mix and trying to obviously reduce or like reduce the impact, reduce the amount of carbon in the atmosphere. But the second thing is an acceptance of the uh, uh, increase in carbon in the atmosphere and what we can do in terms of adaptation to, in terms of preparing ourselves to. A, to adapt to a changing climate. I'm going to leave that completely open to you, but in in where are you coming from in this area? Do you think we should be changing the energy mix? Do you think we should be uh, accepting it? Should we be doing everything? like Just a complete open table on this bit.
0: We need to do everything in our power to reduce to whatever extent that Humanly possible, right? We're never going to get rid of fossil fuels, and I think there's a a miscalculation here between fossil fuels and organic chemistry, right? I it's been a while since I did organic chemistry. I'm an inorganic chemist, but you know, the more we do, you know, talk about with OTEC, I can run a Sabatier reaction. I can generate
2: methane. What is that? Uh, I can make methane. Synthesizing hydrocarbons, basically. Okay.
0: Right. I can make methane. I can u- do a Fischer-Tropsch reaction and make synthetic
2: fuels. Right. Bear um, in mind, can you do it economically? And I'm not talking about OTEC. Yeah. I'm talking about at any power generation. And so, with zero marginal cost energy,
0: you can you can do anything, right? You know. If you have zero marginal cost energy, like this is the plan that Elon has to go to, you know, Mars, right? He's not bringing the fuel with him. He's gonna make it. Now I don't think he's gonna do it on Mars.
2: I wanna just temper what you said there because I don't I don't want to interrupt, but like but it's it's truly like there's an like amortized capital cost that really needs to be considered. Yeah and, and what does that what's the net present value of that? What's the you know that's truly what the matters. idea
0: is to build we that's have the enough energy, energy around the world you know there's i mean when you look at a kardashev one society that's defined by the incident radiation from the sun on planet earth right it makes you know i fossil in order to make and bring prosperity to humanity we have to bring energy to more people right and fossil fuels have had about 150 years to do that, and they've failed miserably at, there's so much- Failed
1: miserably at what?
0: Bringing energy, you know, to poor regions. People live, there are 3 billion people who have no access to energy, and it wasn't renewables who left them in, in pov- energy poverty. It was solely the fossil fuel industry who, Took all that easy, easy, sweet crude that bubbles to the surface, used it for themselves, and left these people in poverty. They, they have nothing.
1: Can you expand I, I on that? I would
2: disagree. About you're going
0: to run can, with it. Can,
1: can you expand on that? How do you mean they were left behind? Do You mean it was stolen by wealthier nations?
0: Oh, look at Nigeria. Okay, Nigeria, Shell, and BP go into Nigeria. They extract the oil and the money and they leave a barren wasteland behind them.
1: Okay, but in terms of the discussion we're having now, what is the relevance to discussing mitigation?
0: So we've, we've taken all of the easy fossil fuels, we've built beautiful homes, we've built our society but in order to bring everybody to this level, that, which is the goal, right? I think the the goal is to have everybody be as comfortable as we are, right? We live in a place of privilege. And in order to do that, we're going to need two or three orders of magnitude more energy. And this is not something fossil fuels can accommodate. This is something that only, you know, building out nuclear, building out hydro where it's possible, building out geo where it's possible, building out Low tech, where it's possible, and then using fossil fuels to fill in the rest of the gap, so that we reduce our reliance on it, because it comes back down to energy security, right? If you're if you're dependent on fossil fuel production in Russia, right? If you if you're if you were the if you were the prime minister of Germany and you shut down all the nuclear plants and then went to work for uh, Gazprom and then built those pipelines who are now holding Russia by or holding Germany, you know, by the neck, right? And causing all the energy problems in across all of Europe, right? That was a fossil f- – that was a – you know, the guy who shut down the nuclear was not a renewable guy.
1: <laughs> but that wasn't a fossil fuels problem. That was a uh, corruption um, – But he went to go work for some, gas prom oh and Oh No, but what I'm saying, the, the that issue pipeline. there – yeah, but the issue there is incentives and greed and corruption yeah. and policy. It was fiat. It was yeah, fiat. fiat. It was fiat, fiat. Maximi- yeah. maximalism that You
2: can't embezzle money out. on the Bitcoin blockchain. It's the economics of violence and the exactly. petrodollar
1: okay. and the like. But to, to understand where we're going with this is that I think the point you're trying to make is we need more abundant energy and yep. we need more abundant energy for people in developing countries who have been generally excluded or uh, uh, they've had their resources... Um, stolen. Stolen um, through, you know, and we've covered this with Alex Kassidy recently talking about um, uh, the IMF and the, the World Bank, how they've perpetuated this. Yeah, But so... so at this point, what we're talking about is increasing the amount of energy available to people. But you're saying we shouldn't be doing this just through fossil fuels. Because we can't the,
0: fossil. We can't do it through be, fossil because fuels because there
1: isn't enough, or it's, it would lead to uh, an even rap, faster, rapid increase in the temperatures.
0: It's both. One, the only, the only fossil fuel we have enough of to even start to scratch at that energy disparity is methane. And the problem with methane is the infrastructure costs. You know, it's, it's not easy to, it's not as easy as transporting a barrel of oil, right? B- barrel of oil, easy to pick up. You know, that's why they're able to – the Nigerian – what is the, the golden triangle of Nigerian oil smuggling um, where they shovel it to, over to Togo and then Ghana because it's easy to transport, right? But, right. but methane – you know, natural gas requires LNG ports. We're not building those in third world. That's huge infrastructure expense. You know, China tried, and they, and they fucked around and f- about to find out. Okay. Uh, you can't build pipelines through Boko Haram territory, you know, LNG pipelines through Boko Haram territory, right?
1: These they'll be held for ransom.
0: Yeah. They'll be exactly like we're saying. They'll be blown up. Like uh, just like we're seeing now in the the developed world, imagine how bad it would be in Sub-Saharan Africa. But
1: we also see um, incidents of people trying to uh, trying to uh, steal fuel out of the pipelines, exactly. and they blow up, and yep. three hundred people are killed or something or other. We've seen so just of that as like well, the so.
0: just like the third world went, you know, skip the sorry, developing world. I apologize. Just like the developing world, skip the telecommunication via you know the um, you know how we had the telephone wires. They, they skip went straight that to mobile. Straight to mobile. Yeah. They don't have the option of that methane. They have to. They have to leapfrog to newer sources of energy and. You know, I want to go get the manganese nodules to make batteries and solar panels more affordable and less destructive to the environment. you know, guarantee they're, you know, intermittent and they have their problems. But it's kind of like how the, you know, the horse people were against cars. Oh, they're noisy. They're destructive. They run out of energy. It's similar to that.
1: Like these are solvable problems. This show is brought to you by Ledin. Now, from savings accounts to personal loans and even mortgages, Ledin's financial services enable Bitcoiners to experience the benefits of their holdings today without selling their Bitcoin. Ledin only supports Bitcoin and USDC, two of the highest quality and most liquid assets in the industry. They are also dedicated to transparency and are the first digital asset lending company to complete a proof of reserves attestation, which they will re-verify every six months. With multilingual support on standby 24/7, Leaden is there to support all your needs. And not only a Leaden sponsor, I am also a customer of theirs too. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to Leaden.io, which is ledn.io. nio Next up, we have Fidelity Investments. Now, one of the most regular emails I receive is people asking how to break into the industry. And Fidelity Investments reach out to me as they are looking to recruit hundreds of digitally native associates to their team to help shape the future of money. Now, Fidelity Investments is a diversified financial services provider with more than $7.2 trillion in client assets under administration and over 1.3 million trades each day. And they have also been pioneers in the Bitcoin mining and asset management space. Now, they started in Bitcoin back in 2014 when they entered the mining space and have continued to grow their team of services ever since. And their in-house fintech incubator is where the teams come up with innovative solutions to bridge the worlds of traditional finance and decentralization. Now, you have the chance to join them and directly impact how they deliver financial services to their customers. And they provide the resources, training, and development to make you successful in this emergent industry. Now, if you want to learn more about this, then please head over to crypto.fidelitycareers.com that is crypto.fidelitycareers.com next up it is ledger now recent events have highlighted just how important self custody is and ledger is the smartest and easiest way for you to take control of your bitcoin and the world's most popular hardware wallet just got better ledger have recently announced the launch of their nano s plus the larger screen makes it easier to manage and verify your bitcoin transactions and the nano s plus maintains the same high level of security as all other Ledger products. Now, I have been a Ledger customer since early 2017, before I even started this podcast, and I absolutely love the S. If you want to find out more and purchase a hardware wallet from Ledger, then please head over to shop.ledger.com, which is S H O P dot L E D G E R dot com. Also, today we have Bit Casino. Established in 2013, Bit Casino was the first licensed Bitcoin casino And they are trusted by tens of thousands of players worldwide. Not only do they have cutting edge security, but they also have fast withdrawals and VIP experiences that money can't buy. With over 2,800 games and tournaments to compete against each other and 24 7 live chat support. BitCasino is the best Bitcoin casino that you can go to. Now, if you want to find out more about BitCasino, the first Bitcoin casino to win an EGR award, head over to bitcasino.io, which is B-I-T-C-A-S-I-N-O.io. And please remember to gamble responsibly. Let's move back to Steve. So we're my, at the point... I'm going to get my heart rate down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was so triggered. You're so triggered right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, just, just for context, we're at the point where we're discussing... We need more abundant energy. We need it around the world, especially it in developing countries who have had their development slowed down because they haven't had access to fossil fuels the way we have. Yes, the issue is vastly more complex than that. And there's lots of politics and yeah, and corruption goes into that. But in terms of the idea of having more abundant energy around the world, but developing nations essentially having to skip fossil fuels and going straight to uh, renewables, where are you at with that? And if there's other bits you need to talk about, please do. And then well, speak.
2: almost everything you said, I would say either strictly disagree with or have nuance to add. Mm-hmm. So um, where to start, I guess? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the narrative right now is an energy transition. I would say, objectively speaking, what we've seen mostly has been the energy transition of, say, North American fossil fuels over to China. China's now building Everything for us based off Mm -hmm. their reliable coal power. And we're not building anything anymore. Um, Any of that. Like uh, there hasn't been new coal plants, for example, built in a long time, and certainly not very many of them. Um, So the, the real transition to me is actually just fossil fuels over to other countries that Americans should not be in favor of. But I mean, like, I don't know where to start in terms of we can step it back that, you know, people talk about carbon emissions as. And this is, I think, this is a fundamental point we can we can hash on together. Um, Everyone's looking at carbon emissions as the bad thing. I look at it like, well, one one thing to consider is carbon emissions is not a measure. You can say it's a measure of pollution, uh, and 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 structurally, what's making global warming happen and all the disasters, you know, presumably that are going to come from it. But carbon emissions is not a measure of waste. It's not a measure of us wasting our environment around us. It's a measure of productivity. So it, the more carbon, if you just like zoom out, the more carbon you're generally uh, producing, the more productive we're being as a civilization. It's a
0: correlation, though, not a cause. Yeah,
2: no, I know, I know, I know that carbon emissions. You know, people talk about neg- negative externalities too, and it has the effect on the, on the on the environment that we're worried about. And again, we've agreed to assume that that's the problem. Um, but it's really not, you know, like again, like looking at a, it from an engineering system, we shouldn't be worried about. The byproduct of productivity, because it's a neg- call it a negative byproduct. You can even argue if it is or not, but and there let's are assume
0: greenhouse it is. gases that are not carbon based. They're just so CO two e is the yeah real the equivalent.
2: The equivalence, and so you right. know
0: your NOx and your SOx, yeah. right, are going to yeah. be non carbon based emissions that do have global.
2: Well, we can we effect. can pick them all apart and look at them all, but the point but is, let's
1: see if point.
2: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the point is, I mean, it's it's not. The problem. The problem is is wasting resources is the real problem. Like if you, I mean, what are the car, like you know? I, I've used this example before. If you are a coal plant or manufacturing facility, whatever, and, you, and you're producing something, and then you dump your waste product in the river and destroy the river, I mean, like mercury or something, uh, you can throw a carbon equivalence on that. But we all know that's horrible, and there needs to be regulations around that. But the the real thing is. Is carbon actually? Is it a? It, it, it's a necessary. Like, how do you do anything without carbon emissions? Without like NOx, uh, sulfur compounds, carbon compounds as a byproduct. Like, you can't do anything. So it's uh, it to even consider it like the number one because right now it is the number one qualifier in 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 how we're picking energy systems. We're saying that coal is bad. Uh, natural gas is bad until recently they said it was green again in Europe recently but cuz they needed it so they just well, flipped Purdue, on that so,
0: you know, but coal and then petroleum and then natural gas is just pure CH4 with a few little slightly heavy Yeah
2: so you can you can say that some are of course coal is dirtier than natural gas cuz of all the the other emissions and you get you even depending on the coal base sites. you can get mercury coming out too depending on what the the actual uh, base fuel is um
0: Acid mine drainage.
2: Yeah, yeah, and all the uh, the bottom ash that gets stockpiled, all the stuff that happens. Yes, but we,
1: we accept, we accept, we, we accept this. Uh, we yeah, accept this. There we is, don't need to win points here. It's just, let, the let's point is, that is point. like, the, we're qualifying
2: everything on how dirty it is, and not how productive it is to society, which should be the number one consideration. So we're not building coal plants in America. Instead. Well, it's still up in of China, in where cars. in China? Uh, is it relevant?
0: Yes. Yeah. Why, why? why? I'll get, I'm just asking, do you know where the coal
2: I'm is? I'm only using China as one example.
0: No, you have I know, India, but you the, have They're So coal is, is the powerhouse of the northern China, right? So you have the Yangtze River.
2: I, I'm also aware that they north. have hydro, I'm also aware they have solar. So
0: south of the Yangtze River, basically 90% hydro. North of the, they don't have, they have coal north of the Yangtze River. So there's this bifurcation in China, and this is something that isn't really talked about, is China's water problem. They have, uh, you know, roughly a equal distribution of population north and south, and they do, you know, uh, roughly equivalent agricultural production north and south of the Yangtze River, but then... It's all coal in the north, but there's no water. And coal takes a lot of water, right?
2: Coal, yeah, okay, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where you're going with this. Yeah, what, what is the yeah, point is the, so Coal
0: uses – what is it? Uh, four cubic meters of coal – of water per oh, – fuck, what is
1: that? I, I think the question that – Are you just saying that it's and, dirtier in China?
0: No, no, no. What or? I'm trying to get at is that um, every model – And what we're seeing now is that the long-term hydrological cycles of China north of the Yangtze River, it's getting drier in the north and wetter in the south. And so China is spending trillions of dollars to move water from the south to the north, right? It's futile. It's stupid. I I, I don't want to say dear Xi Jinping. And so the problem is that... um, we change those things. Their coal in the north is useless because they have no water.
2: We're using the the emissions as the main qualifier for how we're building our energy systems over here right oh, now. Yeah. And my argument is that that's not a rational way of doing that. Like that's not that's not a free market way of seeing what fits the best.
1: Is that because if the U.S. is reducing its emissions? Well, the buying net, products from China, which have the net bought- effect
2: yeah. is that it's just uh, China's producing the emissions for Americans. Yes, that's the net effect, and that's not a point that's new. People, you know, that's a talking point people have made a lot. I mean, another thing you said—you're um, blaming the fossil fuel industry broadly for as impoverish in poverty. Impover- yeah, I don't know how you can make that uh, association now. You know, and then I, when I, when I, when I piped up, I meant it, I said it was the Fiat Max. It was, it was the economics of violence. It was, it's not fossil fuels as a resource, as an economy, as the a system. Fuel
0: industry decided not to give them access to those. But you know, is it cheap fossil hydrocarbons?
2: Yeah, but the energy system itself as an application, as a technology. Is that at fault, or is it the people well, it that
0: free market? of it the wasn't house. free There's market no free it's market. not free it market it wasn't free market no absolutely
2: not yeah. i mean the certainly you know this were you know the bitcoiners like you have people with money printing machines that gobble up all the markets they own everything and, the, and, and you did some work, like, I think you did a show on the petrodollar stuff, and you've talked about yeah. it a lot.
1: Well, let me just give some context of the show I just made with Alex Gladstein. Yeah. So this is, he's been digging into the World Bank and the IMF and how that is essentially, uh, we've moved from territorial uh, colonialism to economic colonialism. Yeah. So as we, you know, departed these countries, what we've done is we've indebted them and uh, we've changed the nature of their, what was the, the term he used? Car, the a structural readjustments. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, whereby, you know, he gave an example Bangladesh, you know, huge loans were given to them, and then they were encouraged their farmers to produce um, uh, shrimp. shrimp. And so that's not, so they weren't producing for the locals, and that's been exported, and that would damage the economies of those countries. But these countries would permanently be in debt, and the way they got out of their debt was, uh, uh, um, was uh, extricating their natural resources away from them. So, so essentially, we've uh, uh, we've enforced uh, economic colonialism on these countries. Yeah. So there is no free market there. That is, that is colonialism. And by the way, he said the, the countries, the IMF and the World Bank, tend to always wanted to work with dictators because dictators you could pay off and say, here is $200 million loan. We don't care where the fuck you put it. By the way, we want your natural resources.
2: The other aspect is like, I mean, to say that fossil fuels are responsible for that, I mean, yeah, that that point altogether, it's a different situation that that there's violent people forcing uh, or causing wealth inequality. I don't think you can blame fossil fuels for that. I mean,
0: well, it wasn't solar panels. <laughs>
2: well, no, that, but that's because solar but, panels would no, have made it point, worse, right? like solar panels. So. The fossil fuels generally, you cannot run you can, obviously and you know this, like we're not this is not an arguing point, but like you cannot strip fossil fuels out of human civilization. No. Of course not. It's it's raw material, it's built into every product. Now the question is can you reduce it significantly? Well
0: it's carbon built into every product. It just happens to be that we use the best. Easiestly, uh, most easily accessible source of that carbon happens to be fossil fuels.
2: I know you. I know you. You made the point you can synthesize it and the like, but if you can't F1, do it economically. F1, it's F1 like
0: race cars do not run on fossil fuels; they run on synthetic fuels because synthetic fuels, fuels are,
2: likely cracked in refineries yes, and yes, the like with root. Yeah. Again, so, the
0: source of carbon you, is irrelevant it, to the organic. I know, organic. but there's
2: always an economic story, right? We can make gold through, like, I guess. High high energy reactor techniques, What do they do in those colliders, like you can you can gold
0: gold the gold atom,
2: yeah. You you can in theory make it. Can you do it economically? The answer is no. Like not it. It doesn't compare to stripping it out of the ground, right? Or maybe we don't have the technology to make gold, but it's in theory. I think we do, but there's the, certain, I think there's, I think the it, it doesn't Isotopes matter.
1: The point guys, is, guys, we, okay. you keep going off track trying to like <laughs> prove details of like, uh, kind of yeah, the, minor, like, sorry, like sorry, the, sorry. The, the details. There's an, of an economic, so there's an economic, to there's an economic
2: fundamental to like what we can do today and, and the systems we can build and to optimize the environment. And I'm saying that, A, well, A, you can't blame fossil fuels for the stuff you're blaming it for. There's a different thing at play there, which is this stuff I guess you talked about before. Yeah. There's the incentives of violence. The only reason you're blaming fossil fuels is they're so immensely profitable that these people, well, that's what they, they these hoard. oil barons, if you want to call them, that's what they're doing. They're they bombing hoard. countries to take their oil. They're so, you know, useful. Um, the free market should be the one to determine what the energy system uh you know, how much solar is out there, how much wind's out there, how much coal plants, how much nuclear. That's the ideal situation, but unfortunately we live in a very political world and even nuclear, which I'm a proponent of, I wish there was more of it to replace baseload coal uh, as an example. But of course, there's a lot of red tape, um, there's, you know, munitions that can be built out of this stuff that people are trying to prevent getting in the wrong hands.
0: The current hand. gen and future gens will make those nuclear weapons available thorium is a long way off that's not happening anytime
1: soon all right okay so just trying to keep us on track back to you steve the point steve's making is that we cannot blame fossil fuels, we fossil have to fuels the
2: individuals fossil fuels is like epstein will describe it better than i ever could they've done so much for humanity like they've propped up all technologies they haven't hurt humanity. They've propelled us forward. They've done everything. They've done so much net benefit to, to suggest that they're bad. It, to if me, it's take just, all it's the just net an ideology. Benefit,
0: you have to all take all the negative externalities,
2: like I don't know. You couldn't have run all them. the pharmaceuticals that have healed humanity. Most of them have come from from that industry. Exactly. Their and fossil so, fuels. So is so all the war
0: and violence, but absolutely. I'm just saying that- so yeah, there's always- I, I'm saying, I'm, What I'm saying is I'm taking it's a ad infinitum sort of argument, like you can't, you can't lump all the positives without then also including all those, you know, it's, it's just as ridiculous to talk about all the positives as it is to talk about all the negatives, right? Because now we are, have there to include, they, have to include the hundreds of millions of people who have prematurely died from lead poisoning for 80 years in our cars, right? You know, when you go to the gas station, it says unleaded fuel. And the reason was that the fossil fuel industry was. Poisoning the world with lead mm-hmm. for 80 years. Le- the, you're there's a drop you're, in you're crime. painting it
2: as like we're we're poisoning the world. It, when was, it was poison. Of lead course is it was. Poison. Yeah, but we poison. human beings did that, and we learned that we were poisoning the world. But it's not kn- like the no, industry no. was said doing we it. We
0: learned. We knew. Uh, so my actual favorite scientist Well, FSB, FSBF of all time. knew
2: they were insolvent. He was a bad guy. There was bad guys in oil companies. But they, no, yes. but the
0: scientists at the time were... T- even the guy who put the lead into... Yeah, the, there's bad the, people. He had lead poisoning by spilling lead onto his hand. He went... He was missing from a conference for a week because he was almost dying on a beach from So why are you poisoning. blaming the
2: whole fossil fuels industry over that? There's bad people. Yes, there's bad people. And they'll use tools so we, that are
1: broadly used for doing So if we take the positives, now we'll
0: have to also lump in all of the negatives.
1: Are we going to achieve anything right now if we try and uh, calculate all the net positives and the net negatives? So the exactly. His, it's, for the all, his, it's ridiculous. For, for, for the history of time, I don't think that's what we're Well, the to only thing with. I
2: would like to try, hopefully establish is to say that I think you're suggesting that fossil fuels have been a net negative. That's the way you're articulating it, it yeah. sounds like. They've not been a net negative. You would not be able to Hundreds do anything- if millions of people have died- Well, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. This is a really important point. Billions of
1: people have lived. Hold on. You this, cannot- Steve, this is a really interesting point because we want to find out where we agree, where we disagree. S- Steve's very clear that he believes fossil fuels have been a net positive for humanity. If you're disagreeing, that's a big point of contention. Do you think they've been a net negative?
0: I believe that hydrocarbons are a net positive. Fossil fuels
1: are a net negative, yes. Okay, you're going to have to explain that.
0: Again, it's a difference in organic chemistry. Who, By outsourcing the organic chemistry to things 300 million years ago, instead of doing it ourselves like we do today, even though it's not... Imagine if we had a hundred years of capital flowing into the development of organic chemistry, synthetic fuels. Well, would that achieve the same sort of cost reductions that we've seen in fossil fuels, in solar panels, in wind, in nuclear? But we haven't because we've had access to easy energy and easy energy is like easy money and it creates this Dutch disease, a global Dutch disease where we've become trapped and now we're kind of taken hostage because our society was built around these easy fossil fuels. We can't get off them, we're addicted to them. So I agree we cannot completely get off of them and it's gonna be difficult.
1: Nate, how would uh, synthetic fossil fuels have prevented war.
2: How do you, how like we, synthetic we, fossils
1: yeah. how are you going to make them? Well, no, no, even that, how would they have prevented war?
0: Oh, no. So if we, you couldn't have run World War II, right? Pan, a panzer, um, was it the Blitzkrieg couldn't, you know, those tanks couldn't have been run on anything but diesel, right? So if we take all the positives, you know, the fertilizers, mm. the energy that we've enjoyed that the rest of the world has not enjoyed, we, you, you couldn't have run the war without it, right? Okay. And so, if we take all the positive, we have to also then yeah. talk about. Is it's just a it's a you know absurd at at infinity. Troy's okay. going to get after me. Well,
1: let, let let's let's Steve. You believe uh, fossil fuel has been a net positive. You believe there been a net negative that's where we are we can I don't think we need to have a debate about the history and why it's just that's where we are but we are now at a time where we do have fossil fuels Mm -hmm. society does rely on them what do we do yeah so what do we I do know what the answer
2: is what do we do is if you believe that I don't I don't believe you truly believe that but if you do you should stop using them because you can make that choice I can't you certainly can uh, well, you i can, live
0: on a rock i can't leave the you rock. can at
2: least make a choice what am to, i gonna do
0: take the hokulea home no, because people
2: the, do travel
0: around the world using ancient polynesian sailing techniques and I know, those guys are gangster but i can't i can't do I that know you can't
2: and, strip it out completely but you can you it. can make some ma- major steps in your life to massively reduce it i can and you i can do, do you
0: yeah, I have so I have 55 solar panels on the house, and what of course they, they of? were all made from coal. In yeah. the, but I, that means I also don't have to now use the fossil fuels that the rest of the state runs on, except for of course in my car.
2: Um, I have no choice. What is your house made of? <laughs> it's made of wood. I I know that we're I know you know like where I'm going. It's it's you cannot again. Like you really can't, and no one really can. It, 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 I don't think any. One person can really strip out even a significant percent of no. fossil fuels out of the life. It's so integrated in within society.
0: but what we can do is we can target the largest market. So I think there is a point you missed. Um, if we want to get the third the developing world, uh, as much energy as we have, fossil fuels cannot accommodate that. Is that something we can agree on?
2: No, okay. Absolutely not. I mean- How much
0: petroleum do we have, both proven and unproven reserves? How many years?
2: uh, Way more than they're projecting. Okay. Way more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How do we know that? Um, And is it going to be cheaper or more expensive? Even in my short career, my short lifetime in the oil and gas industry, I've seen pretty incredible uh, changes in our technology to to drill, complete, and extract the oil. I'll just give you a little example. So like in Lloyd, where I'm based, Lloydminster, Alberta, the heavy oil scene, uh, we have a production method just called CHOPs, cold heavy oil production with sand. It's the old old school way of producing. You can almost call it the conventional way to do it there, which is basically you just drill a hole, uh, perforate, stick a pump down there and pump it to surface. In that uh, method of producing oil, we only get max 8% of the oil in place. Estimated right, like approximately eight percent, ninety-two percent's left. In recent years, in the last couple decades, uh, thermal technologies have been developed where we're pumping heat and SAGD and similar. There's a there's a bunch. There's always new stuff happening, but SAGD, and we're getting over thirty percent, or even higher, like uh, the reservoir engineers. Would know more, but so So, that's a that's a that's in a very short amount of time a technology change. But I want to just say hundred
0: years. Do we have a hundred years at current? Let's say a hundred years at current utilization. Let's say nothing has changed. Hundred years current utilization,
2: right? So I would say it's uh, not infinite. It's not infinite. No, it's not. We know it's it's not not infinite. infinite. But there's an economic side of this. The the scarcer it gets, uh, Mm -hmm. the higher the price goes. As long as there's demand, which I think there always will be. Yeah, there will be a point potentially where the demand is so scarce, it's so hard to get, that we really can't get enough of it to satisfy what we want. And there's what will happen Oil, then? we don't have enough. But but what, what about coal? What about no, coal? I'm not agreeing with you on that. Like, I, you can, of course, argue that we don't have enough for the full future of humanity. Uh, of course, there's only a limited amount there.
1: Give us a range.
2: Okay, we so if they're estimating too. hundreds of years, I'm saying thousands. You're saying thousands yeah. of years. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Because there's, an econo- there's a fundamental economic... Aspect of this. As technology improves, the cost to extract goes down. The energy input, there's always an energy input in any system and an energy output, the efficiency. As technology keeps improving, the, inf- uh, the efficiency gets better and the cost to get it out goes down.
1: And not that I don't I doubt you, but you would be the first so time well, I've heard well, this. Well, here, here's an
2: example. So th- that wood oil I'm talking about, so it's about 400 meters under the ground. This isn't very ideal for you, P, but this is saying there's 47 years left. Yeah, that's
0: why that's proven reserves, so not unproven reserves. Okay. That doesn't. Those are economic. Yeah, those are economic. Reserves, yeah, and so that's forty-seven years of economic reserves, and the problem is that
2: here's. But one thing,
0: I'll, the let, further and further offshore we get, let the me more just explain what thing. And that, those Thank those
2: you. projections don't project technology. They can't. You cannot properly predict technology changes. So in this Lloyd Minster example, where you have oil approximately four hundred meters on the ground we started with CHOPs production. Actually, we had something before that was even worse, but we got to CHOPs production, is about 8%. SAGD, we're getting more. There will be a point in time where we will mine down and scrap every little bit out. Uh, the reserves on just what you can mine, for example, in the Alberta oil sands is immense. Um, the economic reserves, I don't know off the top of my head, but How it's many quite a while- orders of
0: magnitude more do you have?
2: Uh, there's also a lot we don't know about what's out there, so like we need again,
0: three orders of magnitude, mm-hmm. and that's every year. But here's the three thing, orders of magnitude more than we're currently. Here's the thing: using. we don't need to
2: artificially get off it because the ec- pure economics will get us off of
0: no, it. But we need to bring when these we need. people energy. Do we not? We can agree that everybody. Uh, we don't needs need energy. to do anything. Okay, do so
1: look, I think I'm, I'm, I can frame Nate's question in a better way. Yes, there are. There's Technology advancements that m- may mean you extract more oil, but can we get that to these developing countries at a price they can afford to use it?
2: The economy will decide what price they... So they don't what, deserve That, to get no, to, that no, no, has not nothing that, to do with that. Nate, Nate, sorry. It has nothing to do with that. No. But the, but the, a free market will decide where it gets resurbi- but distributed. We,
1: but we don't have a free market. And no, we, and we, we don't. We're, and we're not going to have a free market. Not, a,
2: not while we we have uh, central banking and exactly. unreserved So in the short
1: money. term right now, mm-hmm. I don't believe maybe in the next 10 to 30 years, we will see any material change... So, in a, a, fr- a free market, uh, establish itself so that these developing nations can actually afford I, it. I would agree. If anything, they're going to get poorer because we're, we're seeing the that wealth
2: redistribution now. is getting worse. Yes, it's yes. It,
1: so it's getting worse. So, just in that scenario, how do you believe we uh, drive more energy abundance in developing nations, or do we just accept we it's destroy shit for them?
2: central banking? Is step one? That's that's so, a hopeful thing. Yeah, <laughs> step one is destroying. That is what is causing wealth redistribution from the poor to the rich, the cantillon effect. Yeah. Central banking is a problem. People printing money and acquiring everything for nothing. That would be the step one. Now I'm, we're arguing about energy systems: is 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 coal, is oil, is gas bad for impoverished people? I don't think that argument can be made. It's the it's the people manipulating society through violence and through economic incentives, which I would argue is stems about from central banking. That
0: exist. But here. there doesn't, there's no point about I, the state. You can't bet on unproven reserves. I can't. I can't ensure that.
2: Why? Why are we working? Why are we working? Why are we asking? I can't. Ins-
0: I can't ensure. I can't bet. To, why are we begging the on government? New technology. F- I. What I can bet. Okay, is that fossil fuels cannot accommodate three orders of magnitude more.
2: Energy use. When the oil and gas and coal are all gone, how are you making your solar and panels then, and all the other I stuff? I can
1: bet Well, therefore, on. should we be retaining it so we can we make that stuff? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. All right, let's so let's
0: say, let's say, for the sake of argument, that there is three or four orders of magnitude more fossil fuels for... And we're using... You know, every year, year over year, three to four orders of magnitude more energy because we're bringing energy, you know, prosperity to the developing world. And everybody gets to use all of the energy we have available. They get nice houses, they get pools in the backyard, they get all of this. Okay. So now we're talking about SSP 8.5. The worst case scenario. Now, what does that look like?
2: They're, you're you're forgetting the entire economic. It, if as it becomes more scarce, the price goes up, and less gets used per capita,
0: and so they don't get to use
1: energy
2: because that has nothing to do with who gets to use it. It's, it does. I mean, it does. That's, it does. Yeah. yeah but, how
1: does it not? Because at the moment, if they so can't you're, so
2: you're suggesting, I don't know who's suggesting it, but are you suggesting that? Instead of letting a, free, and I agree, we don't have a free market. We're not going to have it for many years. Ever. But you're arguing for a non-free market force, of the government to intervene and stop. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing with what is carbon tax. They're just des- they're destroying our economy that's in, in Canada. That's
0: in the developed world. Yeah, but there because we do have jurisdictions and we do have. The ability to do that, but we're talking about the developing
2: world here. So the problem of wealth, energy. the problem of wealth inequality is not a fossil energy? fuel it, problem.
1: Nate, Nate right. you're you you moderating and constantly interjecting, and the problem with that is it it kind of we just don't we don't make progress, we just jump around. And I'd rather keep it factual rather than uh, uh, than uh, emotional. And I just think. Of course, Steve doesn't think these people don't deserve energy. I think we've already established that. We've already agreed that. I think the question I want to understand is, is that, okay, look, we don't have a free market. I think the developed nations are going to continually get screwed by the... The developing nations are going to continue to get screwed by the developed nations. That is what it is. Let's move forward to the bit where we're talking about the fact that we are going to continue an increased use of fossil fuels. That is going to lead to more carbon in the atmosphere. That is, we will get the benefit of productivity around the world. But with that, we therefore do face an increase in temperatures because we've agreed the historical trend is correct. It's going to likely continue. So therefore, a more important point to get to is that what should and could we, can we do about that? Um, there are what have been regarded as climate hysterics who think we need to get off oil immediately. We've got people gluing themselves to uh, a Van Gogh's and throwing <laughs> soup over shit uh, and, and uh, generally um, you know, trying to disrupt society. Um, I don't think it's the most effective way, but it, at the same time, they are raising awareness. Um, Steve, what do you think about a continually rising uh Average temperature on the Earth, which may go to two, three and a half, four, five degrees, and what the impact that will be on the planet. How much time have you spent looking at that and looking at the impact? Uh,
2: one uh, one example I was going to give is, I generally look at the government as the worst user of energy mm. on the planet, uh, not because it's by intention, uh, but it's by by the fact that they don't earn the money that they get. It's taxed or brought in through signage, which is money printing. Mm-hmm. And I think you could generally agree that, or most listeners would probably agree that the government's very corrupt generally across the, across the globe, and very inefficient mm-hmm. at spending money, very bureaucratic. There's a huge administrative load in the government that needs to be fed. And so one thing that I, I'm very critical of is when you say have a carbon tax, and I'm being taxed as a homeowner or whatnot in Alberta for using natural gas. The money I earned, call it on the free market. It's not free, but you know, in a more of a freer market system, I earned that money. I have to pay the government now. Who's not? Who's now? I'm not. That energy's not getting not used by me. Of course, I'm not. I have less money to spend on the energy and stuff. But the government is spending it in my place. It's just a distribution of wealth. That's what a carbon tax is. Okay. It's,
1: so carbon that's, tax is, is 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 like a. As a so, policy thing. But yeah, just but in, sorry, I just want to get back to the point where I say we have you spent much time looking at the impact of climate change quite quite high average temperature changes? And when we say that average, okay, say it's an average of three, but some places gonna be higher and some places to be lower. The impact that has on the world. And and are you and you said I don't think there's anything we can do about that. So you don't believe we can stop this happening. Whatever the trajectory is, the trajectory is. Not necessarily, because
2: I don't know what the trajectory is, and I don't know what the full consequences are. Other than there's going to be some negative ones, like sea levels rising. Uh, you were talking to me about if the average ocean temperature uh, increased, like I don't know by what factor, but you get a, quite a bit of expansion. Mm-hmm. You do get destruction on coastal uh, regions over what time frame? I don't know. I know that people are mobile, so if it's over a long time frame, it's not as impactful. Over a low time frame. But again, from the engineering perspective, what can we do today? And I look at it like we can make systems more efficient. Uh, you can make an engine more efficient, which is what I do professionally. I yeah. put Bitcoin mines on engines so they don't waste power. And that's a good thing because if you if you're wasting less, we're consuming less resources. And I do the same thing. Too. Exactly. Yes. That's what that what you do is the same thing.
1: So you're ba- you basically saying your view is we accept this and we learn to adapt. We use technology. And my innovation my to view
2: adapt. is simply we need to keep getting better at everything. Like use like while we're. In a market that needs coal, which we still need it right now. If that changes in the future, so be it. I'm happy. Like th- th- I'm not some. I'd, even though I, I, as a provocateur, because I like to just get on the internet and poke people about how I love coal, and I do love coal because coal's so fundamental to everything we're all doing, even here today. Carbon, not coal. No carbon. coal, the resource. No, but carbon.
0: Is the unit in the coal and it's carbon? Yes, and I agree.
2: I'm just talking about the the low-hanging fruit. Well, what does a coal itself itself hold on? Hold on, Nate, Nate,
1: Nate, Nate. Nate, Nate. Nate. I'm bear (laughs) with me. I I am a moderator. You, I can go, and you can just pour the whiskey and argue back and forth, or I can help produce something for the listeners. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so my conclusion is from you is that you're saying, you know, we uh, humans are ingenious. We mm-hmm. are uh, able to adapt. We are innovators. public You don't understand no, the we, I, but but maybe there's some stuff we some can do. Some stuff, but yeah, like
2: yeah, we, like we can reduce emissions on a coal on a flue stack at a coal plant. We I do I definitely don't think we should have a governing body an authority intervene and remove the like make a capture the market make it less free. And dictate that that coal plant has to shut down. I was just in North Dakota last week. I'm sort of touring around the U.S. to see maybe maybe I'll start up here, uh, start you know move my Canadian company down to the U.S. in a certain state. Just touring around, so I met a a, a Minn Kota Power. They have some coal plants. I met with them. Uh, The gentleman there was telling me a story. Uh, Nearby in Minnesota, they had a coal plant operating perfectly, nothing wrong with it, but the woke there forced it to shut down. They ended up selling it. The state sold it at a buck. Uh, a private entity came in and bought it up at a buck because they just treated it like a liability. And they bought it at a buck. And now energy crisis hits, and all of a sudden, well, we still need that plan right now. There, the government intervention is creating massive waste, massive misallocation of resources. And it's...
1: I think it's, woke is, uh, is not the right term to use. I understand where woke is used sometimes. I think it's maybe misinformed, well, the, I've been misinformed the, sometimes, and I don't think it was Well,
2: much. people are using ideology, like, I think you've ex- expressed, in my view, some ideology against, you, you know, you're blaming the fossil fuel industry on impoverishing the whole world. That, to me, just sounds, like, ideological. Like, there's not really fact that fossil fuels did that. It was the people that used that tool that did that. That's yes. the problem. And that's what we okay. have in common is, like... We're bo- I think we're both against the central banking regime and all that.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to come back to that one. I just want to throw it back t- to Nate. What, did, what do you have mm-hmm. against the idea that we continue to uh, use fossil fuels? We, you know, there will be an increase in temperature, but we can adapt. We're innovative. We can, we're mobile. You know, we can develop new technologies. What do you have against that? And what do you think that should be done differently?
0: 3.2 to 3.6 billion people who are highly vulnerable to the impacts of large-scale climate change.
1: So... What is large-scale climate change?
0: That is a meter of sea level rise by 2100, which is what we're looking at, and if we're talking about bringing energy prosperity to the rest of the world, which again, fossil fuels have had 150 years to do and have not done that, whether that's a failure as I guess is just a semantic thing, um, they had that opportunity and didn't do it. Uh, if we were to do it, which we should, that means we are looking at the 8.5 scenario, right? If they have as much energy as we do, and we're going to do that through fossil fuels, meter a sea level rise, and I believe it's 5 degrees Celsius by 2100. That's 3.2 to 3.6 billion people who will be materially affected by this in either more rain, less rain where it's dry, right? It, you have to look at each individual location. We're talking about a breakdown in the hydrological cycle. You're looking at a breakdown in food production. These people are going to have to move. Where do they go? Uh, are you higher? Go, are, they go higher. Okay, no, okay no, no. so do so they go... Say, if you look they, at the distribution... They,
1: they, a one-meter increase in global average sea levels... Do, can we actually see what that means? Is there any actual mapping for that? And what, yeah. what, what is the projection, the, the temperature rise that would lead to that?
0: That's from, you know, so it's, it's a two-pronged thing, right? It's a, cry, it's a breakdown in the cryosphere, yeah. melting of the glaciers, which we've never experienced. We've never lived. Humanity developed over the last 3 million years, 5 million years, during a relatively There you go. Three feet.
2: I mean poor houston you know even even or if it washington it's still bad like this New is still York. bad but we don't really know what time frame this can happen because it you do get time to displace so we're i think we are like we had flooding we in calgary at? and luckily no one died um and people displaced or how themselves. How about
0: pakistan what happened in pakistan to like last month the worst flooding in history
1: yeah. Displaced
0: millions, destroyed billions mm-hmm. in infrastructure, things that they can't afford to replace. We, we live in a place of privilege where we have insurance. Pakistan doesn't. What was destroyed during these floods, which changed, destroyed their food production, they, they can't replace that. And so what do these people do when they're forced out okay. of their homes? Where so do they I, go? I've
1: got a relevant question to put to Steve on that. I'm going to come back to that. But let's, so we will potentially see a rise in sea temperatures. And, temperatures. and so your 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 view is it's not going to, you know, if that was over 40, 50 years, we would gradually adapt. People would move, build sea defenses, et cetera.
2: Well, we can get into the weeds. Yeah, you can you can pull out any scenario. Like if it happens overnight, it's Absolutely, the worst case scenario. If of it course. happens over an extremely long time, it's it means very little. Like if it happened over ten thousand years, it doesn't mean a lot because it's very easy to display. But if it
1: happens it, over, it, it, let's say that's 60 it, years. It, well, it's significant, but again, it's it just goes times back
0: to the geological rate, which is what we're looking at. A hundred okay. times faster.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, and I I don't care to even try to argue on that because I'm not knowledgeable about the actual stats. Like I'm not the guy to argue with that's someone like Alex Epstein or some or someone like that. But this it still goes back to the argument. Like, yeah, that's bad. Uh, but all this stuff provides positives to people. Lowers their cost of living, brings them resources, shelter, food. They can have families. Refugees they can...
1: are bad. Nate,
2: N- Again, but that again, you keep blaming fossil fuel industry it's not the fossil fuel industry that does that it's the people that use it there's ways we can other frame this people.
1: and i will i will frame the questions okay so yeah. so you are i just want you to, to repeat what you're saying so you're basically saying the net, there is a net benefit. There, yes there is a yeah the
2: whole concept of negative externality that we're not pricing in like acknowledge it that's fine there's going to be flooding uh, there's going to be more stronger hurricanes tornadoes but I, I just assume the worst. Yes, it's it's going to be worse. But is that a is that like is that a reason to uh, forcibly intervene and keep people from using fossil fuels today? Like force our coal plants down or uh, tax all the people who are using fossil
1: fuels? So I have a more important question to put you on that because this is one of the ones I I struggle with, uh, especially people who are anti-regulation, uh, anti-government, anti-central banks. Is that even if I agree with you, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of part to the point where I think we're not going to stop this as much as we want to. It's going to happen. The time frame is what, yeah. is what will change. But we live in I live in the UK, which is a rich, wealthy nation. You live in the US, rich, wealthy nation. And between us, Canada, Canada, Canada Sorry, same thing, same we're all, thing. We're yeah. all good. You're just nice Americans. We're, we're we're like Britain too. Yeah, but like generally speaking, and we're all comfortable middle class maybe upper middle class. Like we can we can adapt easily. I can get on a plane and I can or I can buy a house in the Highlands of Scotland. We're 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 so we're in the other. So not only like as an extension of the economic colonialism which Alex Glaston's talk talk about, there's kind of a form of I don't want to say climate colonialism because it's not that, but it's like this disregard for poorer nations who we've abused for years we we did inflict territorial colonialism. We did go and enslave people, and now we've enforced economic colonialism, so we can live these great rich lives, and we've impoverished their nations. Now we're gonna, if we are, there is a, uh, a distinct change in climate, and we are gonna see sea levels rise or an impact on poorer nations. What do we do about them? And that's that's where I really struggle because. When I saw the recent debates at COP26, while a lot of people were focused on, oh, 40 private jets winning. Yes, obviously that's shit and hypocritical. But I did also pay a lot of attention to the fact there were discussions about how we're going to redistribute Money between nations, and whether you people agree or wealth disagree equality. with that, yeah, that kind of wealth equality across nations, where the nations that have benefited from causing the climate change are at least trying to support those who have benefited less and suffered dire consequences, and it's a real important question for, especially for libertarians, is like, what do we do about this? Because I don't believe it will be done in a voluntary way. So I want to put that to you. Right, and
2: that's it's a great question. Wealth equality and energy equality are synonymous. Energy is wealth. If you have a if you have a abundance of energy anywhere you are, you're typically going to be in a good spot. Uh, we used Nigeria earlier. Nigeria is an oil rich nation. They have a lot of flaring, so I'm you know I'm well aware of that because I have a lot of Nigerians calling us, especially since I've been doing it so long about Bitcoin mining off like flare gas. That's what we're known for. So rich in and, uh, and and I know that Nigeria is. I think the, their economy has come a long way even in the last, last little while. But if you're, if you're going to suggest that any African nation is oppressed, which many are, uh, to say that it's energy barons just doing it, well, I would say the barons that are doing it is, is true. It's not the fundamental technology that's causing it though.
1: It's not the question I'm asking. What I'm asking is, is that we have the ability to adapt. I, as an individual, can buy a house high up on a hill. Inland, and we uh, have to stop
2: the inequality. What the source of the inequality is, what we have to do, which
1: is what all I do is tweet about that. Okay, so so how do you do that? Destruction of central banks. Destroy. You need. Do you need sound money? Yes. What if the rising temperatures and the rising sea levels at, outpaces the speed at which we can uh, get off a fiat that, system, and we are in a situation where these decisions are made by Governments mm-hmm. and central planners. Yeah, you said you are in certain instances pro-regulation, so you accept the need for some kind of centralizing force. Mm-hmm. What do you think we should do? It's to, all we, I think all we can
2: do is promote uh, the correct ideas. Like the only effect I can have is to perpetuate the correct ideas. So uh, that's why I'm a bitcoiner. I think I think I see Bitcoin as an option to people. I uh, you know I suggest they consider it. I can't force anyone's hand. I don't want to force anyone's hand, but I, you know, we had this beautiful Pacific Bitcoin conference, mm-hmm. and you know, you get a bunch of the best bitcoiners in the world talking about how the technology is a freedom technology. Uh, so people, and actually, I think Nigerians are, are, are becoming known for being bitcoiners. is yeah. what I'm hearing, yeah. and that's what I want to see. Uh, but that's one option. That doesn't mean that's not the only path forward. Um, I would like to see. If it can be done through politics, which I'm skeptical of, because I'm just a skeptical skeptic of our, of our system, I think it's deeply corrupt. I agree. But if it wasn't, and there really truly was a way to vote out central banking, and more specifically, unreserved fiat, money printing, signage, the sovereign printing money and debasing the currency. If we can get rid of that, I think that will be the first true like, uh, fundamental step in getting what is currently a highly skewed wealth. Uh, Balance in the world from well the elites have it all like in the and and the rich countries have it all and the poor are just absolutely trampled on. That'll be the start because Africa is is a is a resource rich continent. immensely. They should be a very rich. uh, If they should be very call it equal on the wealth spectrum, but they're not. And that's I blame fiat. I just call the fiat maximalists. I blame fiat for that. I blame Mm -hmm. money printing for that. I blame. The economics of violence, who many of your other guests could articulate much better than I have. Yeah, I think I'm a Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin Maxi. I'm a Bitcoin, Bitcoiner. I use it in my business. I create a circular economy with my customers, and I'm I prefer the money. I think it's better, Um, but that doesn't mean to say that it's for everyone in the world. It's you know it has limitations. That's why I've also talked about. I would like to see even a return. I don't know if this is going to happen. I was arguing with people this week about it. I would like to see a return if, if because I don't think the state is going to adopt Bitcoin, despite the hope that many Bitcoiners have. I don't see the governments adopting it, central banks adopting it. But you know what? Maybe Bitcoin through its competitive forcing them into competition to have a a sounder money because people are opting out of their money, and which eventually we'll hit a tipping point if, if it doesn't stop well why not why not why don't they retreat to a gold standard a precious metal standard that would still be better than the state of the art today uh-huh. and that'd be a step in the right direction so i'm hoping that in my lifetime we see mass adoption of bitcoin it might not be as prolific as i hope to see it but but if they retreat if that forces who I'll just loosely call the state, the fiat maxis, the the authority that's creating wealth redistribution and inequality, that makes them retreat back to a a sound money reserve, then I will feel like all of us and our message has done a lot of good for the world. And I think it will end up natively with better energy equality and better opportunity equality across the globe.
1: This show is brought to you by Wasabi, who I will now be using to make sure I keep my Bitcoin private. With the release of Wasabi 2.0, privacy is now effortless as a wallet has introduced privacy by default. Now, rather than having to choose to coin join, this can be done automatically. So you just have to receive your Bitcoin, wait for the coin join, and then you can spend freely. All the magic happens automatically in the background, which is a massive UX improvement, which you know, that's always something I care about. Now, you do get additional privacy through Tor integration into Wasabi so you don't leak your IP address. There is also no more minimum denomination, so you can coin join any amount, and there is no change, so any amount you receive from a coin join is private. Now, privacy is something I am definitely taking more seriously, and with the recently released Wasabi 2.0, this becomes so much easier. Now, if you do want to find out more, please head over to wasabiwallet.io, which is dot tio Next up, we have Gemini who I am using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin. But whilst we're at the bottom of a bear market, I'm only buying. We're hodlers, right? We hold through this. Now, I have been using the Gemini app for buying the dips all through this, and I've also set up my DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin. Both the app and the website make buying and selling Bitcoin super easy, and Gemini have invested in building leading industry security since day one. Gemini are also running a special offer for listeners of What Bitcoin Did?, All you need to do is head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD and new customers will get $20 in Bitcoin when they trade over $100 or more on Gemini. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD. That is G-E-M-I-N-I.com forward slash WBD. Also today, we have BCB Group. Now, BCB Group provide online business banking services for companies in the Bitcoin industry, and yes, I am now a customer of BCB2. Now, they heard about the difficulty I had with finding a payment services provider that understands Bitcoin, and they've reached out to me. Now, BCB's clients include major exchanges, market makers, funds, and miners active in the UK and Europe, and they are expanding globally. They also have this amazing network called Blink, which facilitates instant free payments between BCB clients for all supported currencies. Now, listen, I know some of you have had trouble with this too. So if you're looking for a banking provider who understands and supports Bitcoin companies rather than creating hurdles, then like me, you might want to become a BCB customer too. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter, which is bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter. I like it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a moonshot, a Hail Mary, and it's a hope that we make that transition. Yeah. But whilst there is that hope we make that transition, there are other actions that someone like Nate maybe would argue that we can do, you know, to now, hedge this. So Nate. We
0: all agree on the central banking, but that doesn't solve the problem of, you know, in, in Canada in particular, right? Canada has incredibly fertile soil and a warming earth will make that formable, And you guys are kind of like that pioneering species laying the, the roads and the infrastructure to make that happen one day, possibly. And you have in Canada and the US, the resources to do that. But nothing you just said addresses the 3.2 to 3.6 billion people in impoverished countries To handle, and you mentioned one thing earlier about oh, it does, you know, we we can adapt to slow, slow rising seas, but it's not slow rising seas. We're talking about the major damage from hurricane, is hurricanes is not necessarily the wind, it's the storm surge. So a meter of sea level rise and then a giant storm surge on top of a king tide is going to destroy these people's entire livelihoods, what do we do with the 3.2 to 3.6 billion people who are going to start to be displaced by this? They can't, their stuff is destroyed. They can't just pick up, they're moving with nothing. They have nothing and they, it is not their fault because they live in energy poverty, right? So this is the negative externalities. We had access to crude, you know, that sweet crude. We use this to build our resiliency while a, these people have been left in energy poverty. They aren't resilient. So where do they go? How do we handle these? We can't just say, oh, tough titties, you all have to die, now. Or you all have to go out and get to the rest of your life. No. That is a whole, it's just more important as a, as a human. We have, we, it, it becomes our responsibility. Now we have to take them. Now you are forcing me to pay for these people for your actions, for
1: our actions. Rather than ask Steve the questions, what is it you think that should be done?
0: Yeah. No, 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 I'm asking you.
1: What do you think should be done?
0: We need, since we had the access to those easy, easy hydrocarbons, right, for 150 years to develop, we can't let these people not develop. Again, that is not an option. They have to have that ability. And so since we've had that Option. It is our responsibility to make the resources that they can use for resiliency to leapfrog this technology that's going to displace billions of people. It is our job to put the R and D into these resources to go get the manganese nodules. Peter, when are you getting your manganese nodule? I was
1: on eBay looking.
0: to go get these manganese nodules, to make these technologies affordable and available. And I do not believe that fossil fuels can do it in the first place. And if they, let's say magically they could, that that would make them even more vulnerable to these same same problems. And so I want to bring more energy. And it turns out that the OTEC thing that I'm working on happens to disproportionately, well, work in the developing world at the coast, at the equator, near the tropics, where 40% of humanity works.
1: You haven't really answered my question. What do you you think we should do?
0: We have to subsidize the development of these resources, these these resiliency, um, technologies, these new renewable, distributed renewable energy technologies to the point that they can afford them, that they can- that's only,
1: that's only the developing world. What, like the rest of the world?
0: So when you look at the models, right, what you see is that depending on where our, the emissions of the world are, you see a peak temperature and then a descent, right? So if we cut our emissions, Yes, it will continue to get hotter for a little bit, but it'll come back down. That's what we have to do as fast as humanly possible through the proliferation of nuclear, hydro where it's available, whether that means building these resources in places we don't live using taxing the carbon for its negative externalities to help these people, because at the end of the day, it's our fault. It becomes, to quote Troy Cross, this is a tort issue. We are going to hurt them, and, well, at the end of the day, it's our fault, and we, we're we kind of on the hook.
1: So you believe we need to transition to more renewables and, as nucle- and nuclear? As, as much as possible. As quickly as possible. As, yes. And Can we talk it- about
2: the subsidy aspect of that yeah so I mean i'm I'm pitching that the decentralized control the government, the authorities are the cause and the root cause of wealth inequality and energy inequality uh, I've also said I believe on a if we had a free market you would have the optimal balance of energy systems, whether it's renewable or whatnot so you're you're suggesting that We use more of the centralizing control, which is the government. I'm going to say loosely the government because they're tied in with the central banking and signage and wealth inequality. You're suggesting give them even more power than they currently have to fix the problem that they caused is effectively the way I read what you're saying.
0: The problem that fossil fuels caused. The
2: problem no, that I, humans using. So I guess fuels. that's where we disagree because I'm saying that it's not fossil fuels; it's the authorities
1: that are so wielding let it. Let me but ask f- you a question, Steve. Without any central authority mm-hmm. and a free market for energy, do you think we would be using similar amounts of energy now, less or more? Is there any is there any argument to say that without a central authority, we could we, be wouldn't, using- see, we wouldn't see humans using? and uh, uh, causing a change in climate change? I would say
2: change. that we'd be, what's more important is not how much we're using, it's how much we're wasting. I would say we'd be wasting way less.
1: But do you think we would still be raising the temperature of the planet by human action bike because of what we're using?
2: They, we could very well be, yeah. I, th- I would say we'd still have a mix of all the fossil fuels. We'd have a mix of solar. We'd have a mix of wind and nuclear.
1: But the free market would decide which is the best energy. But the best energy might be the fact that it's fossil fuels. I, the future and I so, would see. So, sorry. Yeah. And I believe, in the, the, I believe in the free market gives us a lot of efficiencies. But I also believe there can be greed in there. And there's a lack of incentive. Like, at least with the government, they create certain incentives. Whatever you think of the state... And, and people hate the police and monopoly of violence they have. But the monopoly of violence is also a something that allows people to realize, like, if I commit a crime, I go to jail. You know, mm-hmm. there's certain actions that it prevents you to do, you from doing. So would we have had the rapid development of renewables over this last 10, 20 years without subsidies? Probably not. The I, subsidies I would, would it happen- say
2: it would happen a lot faster.
1: What, uh, without the subsidies. But the, didn't the subsidies make it cheaper, incentivize it?
2: Well, that's... That's the premise on why they're doing the subsidies. But there's inventiveness, like people in every industry, not just energy, but like anything, even podcasting, whatever, inventiveness are individuals that are effectively seeking our opportunity and arbitraging it. Um, there's more. You can have more inventiveness among a group, among a population. If you have a wealthier population, if you have people with more time to tinker, right? the guy who has the money to spend on some of the tools he needs to like a lathe or whatever he might need to bring to his garage and tinker. right? Uh, That's my experience. I've done a few patents. I've done a few inventions. Patent doesn't mean it's inventive, but I've done a few things that the market liked. And that was my experience. I had the resources to do it. I didn't have any subsidies. Is it is true that subsidies can also spark inventiveness? Uh, Like, your project is expensive; it's almost impossible for you to achieve anything without help. Like that's just a fact. When I started my company, it was a tiny project. Like I was able to crack my piggy bank and get something done. I brought a guy in, but it wasn't a big project. There's different scales, and subsidies have their place, but they're not fundamental to inventiveness.
1: People who believe in a free market believe that we make rational economic decisions in a free market. Um, rational economic decisions might not always consider the externalities. So for example, a rational, like I always bring up the DuPont example, that they poison the waters. The, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. yeah, Because uh, as a rational economic actor, you might not give a fuck about downstream and poisoning yes. the waters. And so as a rational economic actor, Without subsidies, you might not have seen the rapid expansion of renewables. Outside of anyone who's listening and saying, "Well, this doesn't work," we'll look at. You. I'm just saying that has been something that has supported the expansion. Yeah, it's been so, very
2: well funded. Yes. So
1: the point I'm trying to get to is that even with a free market, we still might be facing an existential issue with rising temperatures. We might be. Yeah,
2: I, I would. I would. I do believe that if we had a free market, we would have less waste. We'd have more inventiveness. We'd have a fir- we'd be further along on the renewables tech like solar, wind, Otech, because we'd have a better wealth distribution. We'd have more people with time to arbitrage the opportunities that they find.
1: We could be more productive and therefore less waste, but use up more yeah, energy. Yeah, because, because a subsidy—you
2: got to remember—a subsidy, remember, subsidy come—it's it, not a subsidy doesn't come out of thin air. It's wealth stripped from a different group. So by subsidizing one thing, you're uh, you're taxing something else. Hmm. And you're
0: also printing money out of thin air.
2: But That's subsidy through signurage. That's the debasement of everybody's money. And that's really where most of the subsidies are coming because they're coming from deficit spending. Not all of them, because you have carbon tax, which is the direct hmm. source of subsidy for clean tech projects, say in Canada. A lot of the startups that uh, you know get investors and go after a really difficult problem they do get subsidies i'm not opposed to that well I'm, I'm i'm i am opposed to it in the sense that i don't think it's right to strip the wealth from everyone else in order for the government to decide where it goes i think there's a better way on a free market which would be all privately funded i mean if if we had a true free market and better wealth it really comes down to wealth distribution if we didn't have this huge wealth inequality problem we would have more inventiveness. I think batteries would be further along. I think- uh, Can I push back a little Yeah, bit? sure.
1: Stephen, by the way, Stefan Levera, I put that point to him recently, and he said um, he believes in a uh, true free market will have uh, higher wealth inequality, but the poorest in society would actually be richer. They would have a higher standard of living, but we'd have higher wealth inequality. I
2: would agree with the latter. I wouldn't gr- – well, I mean, he's, a, he's more of an economist than I am, but yeah. yeah.
0: So my pushback is in that you, you're saying that in a true libertarian free market, we would have a greater rate of innovation. Is that
2: – We can say with better wealth distribution, we would because we'd have more people with money to tinker and try things, more or less.
0: Free market iterates – all major innovation have been done through government grant and research. Nuclear, rockets, fiber optics. Some, None some of that,
1: that came that. From, aliens. Of that
0: from aliens. Some of that did come from aliens. Yes, yeah. the fiber optic cables you came from the aliens. You can't that yeah. Yeah. with
2: certainty because you don't know what the alternative would what have been. Fr-
0: what, because real innovation comes from probing the edges, places where there is no value immediate value to anyone, right? Things like looking at the fundamental chemistry of nuclear physics, right? Things that don't have immediate value, mathematics. Mathematics that has no basis in reality, probabilistic theory, irrational numbers. And then we find them in places, well, You can't make quantum physics work without irrational numbers. So you're suggesting that
2: the government knows... Best and is telling so we have people where the best. I think, I think are what he's no. saying
1: is that some innovations come from the government. I've read about this before There's, as well. The, who I, is the guy who yep. said
2: that,
0: Michael? Uh, that we were listening to the podcast. Yeah,
1: I've heard um, a podcast where it's like the government, uh, where where there isn't a rational economic decision, will invest in certain technologies or innovations. I think it's. I think you can make. No, both he's those. right. I think, uh, but, he's
2: right in the sense that government can also innovate. It has all those major no, no, things no, no, you no, said.
0: No. Researchers who are probing the edges of reality where there is no economic incentive to do so the 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 just crazy research that no one funds because there is no economic value that's where innovation happens innovation doesn't happen by putting a new form factor on a computer and invent, you know, a phone, right? That is an iteration of technologies that already exist that were subsidized by government grants and research. I mean, every, all the major invent, electricity itself, you know, the fossil fuel exploration how do we know where fossil fuels are in the continental u s? It was the
1: u s. Geological Survey. We wouldn't know where they were. This was the i don't i think i I think on that one, there's a possibility they they rational uh, economic actors. Would have found a reason to do that. Fair, but there are arguments that you know. That the there, are, there are things. There, you, is, I think one of the there are better. I think there are better arguments. One of them is, for example, if we're going to face uh, bigger storms, you're most like and, and you want to material protect You, you want to protect yourself from storms or hurricanes. Actually, it is the centralized. The uh, it's, a, it's a centralized uh, study of weather patterns, which is most likely to be a better scenario handled by the government to allow people to like the US is great at preparing for storms because they know they're coming and people can leave. And if you make that a, a, a if you make that a a capitalist idea, then you have to charge people for access to that data, and some people might not be able to avoid the storms. So I think I think you can make the argument for that. Surface, but I also think, I think you can make the, the argument Argo for both. I, don't yeah, I don't think it's black or white. Yeah, I don't think it is. I don't think there's black. Geo white. What cruises that is doing would never point, be mate. Ge- point.
0: geocruises would mm. never be funded I understand. by a free market. The government from human beings when no doubt the current iteration of the government is corrupt. But a government should be of the, people, by, for the and people. For the people. And just because that's not how it works now doesn't mean and I think what Bitcoin does is it strips the corruption from the government. It makes it impossible to embezzle or bribe because it's open and it's public. It makes the government better. It makes bureaucracy.
1: I think, that, I think that's what you're going agree on. Let, let Steve finish it.
2: You know, we can argue about it. Um, I think if you objectively uh, strip search the US patent database and could figure out exactly how each inventor was funded, you would find the vast majority of inventors. government makes Governments do patents too, unless they're top secret. Uh, they're, they are not government funded. The vast majority of them. find grant money at the bottom of every right, guys. single thing. Right. Guys at the end of the day you talk you can talk about money what we're really talking about is time time to produce something there are some projects that are immense like i compared my you know when i started upstream data my little project versus what you have it's a very big different scale uh you're discounting the fact that human beings can pool resources together say say in say in a different universe we have better wealth distribution and you're like hey Otech is sick, everybody. Let's get after this. You could still I don't see any reason why you couldn't do that by pooling resources of people interested in your project, pro- seeking a profit motive, which is always the root of all motives, a profit-seeking motive, to join you in your effort to f- help fund you and help you succeed, and you, know, know, I, even, you could even say me as a supplier after meeting you, show you me telling the profit me about your in the
0: large head collider
2: knowledge is the profit knowledge drives <laughs> yeah, new yeah but i can't no, sell no, that, no, that come, look, come knowledge on knowledge
1: drives new technology you, you wouldn't right. get the large hadron collider without no. uh,
0: you wouldn't get an international you, space station you wouldn't are many, get satellite technology you wouldn't get you wouldn't get fiber optic communication because these things took hundreds of separate research grants and it's groupings thousands of, it's groupings of individuals of people. who had no economic value until they all did. Until there was a cacophony of these scientific voices all melding together, and out plops the internet. Out plops satellite. You're talking about a grouping rockets. of
2: individuals who that have the time to do something because which can be driven by pooling component. of a free market group of people who want to profit from it.
1: I think the point that Nate's trying to make is that there's either no immediate profit or there's no future profit or some of these things. That's
2: called risk. There's no. risk management.
1: But, but, but do you not think it's... He makes a good point with regards to uh, rational economic actors iterate. They don't innovate. In that, how can you, like, for example, I think... Well, of, how I, do you distinguish them? I mean, if you're well,
2: doing something... You can almost look at every invention as just making the use of energy more efficient, like we're extracting our resources more efficiently. Every little knickknack does something to help.
0: action at a distance is not making energy more efficient. (laughs) Quantum (laughs) entanglement. If there hadn't been a hundred years of disagreement between the greatest physicists. We wouldn't even be talking about quantum computers. Okay, and let me put
1: that one back to you. How do you know in a true free market that you wouldn't have had education, free market education, private education, where those research, that research would have happened, where physicists would have disagreed? It was called the dark ages. No, but how do you know
0: we lived in a perfect libertarian saying, society no, no, no.
1: run by? Nate, Nate, you, you're, you're not answering the question. You're, you're, okay, the point being is, if that we did live in a libertarian society with pure free market we would have uh, edu- education facilities we would have places where people go and are educated and you would have experts who would be teachers and they would also be physicists and debating how do you know that wouldn't happen
0: somalia Somali- that, sorry, that's that's a cheeky ass answer. Yeah, and I know, I know, I know, and I that's
1: one I use to be pedantic with people as well I'm, but, yeah, but Somalia deafening. isn't actually a libertarian society, it's just a failed state.
0: Well there was no there was no research. It's called the Dark Ages, and there was no good research and there was no education and all the money went to those people who had the fiefdoms, who owned the land. That was a pure, you know, um uh uh what's it called? The uh, the society where you have the, you know, the, the castle, and then the guy owns the land. Feudalism. Feudalism. Feudalism is libertarianism, and there was no education. There
1: was no research. My, let's go back to my original point. Is that even in a scenario with a pure free market, where everyone has access to good energy, we still may face the scenario whereby we would have an increase in temperatures, which would have that existential threat. What do we do in that scenario? What happens in that scenario? Because rational economic actors will usually think short-term, right?
2: Individuals in any society are just seeking to provide for their family, like have a family, we're we're, we're mammals, we're life, we wanna have offspring generally. Doesn't seem to be the case everywhere today, but with with people, a lot of people I've met actually don't wanna have kids for they're worried about the future which I find extremely depressing. Yes. As a man who has a kid, as a child. Um, we're all fathers here. So I don't I don't I don't know we're sort of like projecting into an unknown future So what? The question is what? Like, well, should
1: we be doing anything? What do you believe? Like, you, you, we're
2: we're really just trying to provide for ourselves, self-interest, yeah, and families, and of course our communities. Call that government. Call that our neighbors. But that's that's what we're really trying to do. Like any negative externality, if I get ahead by doing one thing that has more emissions than the other, I mean, is the argument that. I'm just not allowed to do that, or I have to pay a, like a negative externality. What about all the positives that that's doing by enabling me to do more with my time? Because it really comes down to that. I don't have to sc- scrap around as much for energy to fund
1: my my group. It could be a positive local benefit to you, which has a negative local effect to somebody in another part of the world.
2: But you can have positive uh, secondary effects as well. I mean. Why isn't that possible?
1: Oh, it is, but it, just it really comes like, to like is a way. Yeah,
2: but I mean, it's a tort issue. Yeah, I mean, like, is, is should, well, like, are we just someone, want, are we just Pakistanis suggesting no be able fossil to sue fuels?
0: Us? Uh,
2: I don't, should, I don't think an authority should, small, should.
0: Should the the Marshall Islands, these small, low-lying island communities, should they be able to sue us? For 150 if years. If you're damaging
2: some other community, you should expect retaliation. I mean, you can call it suit, lawsuit. Uh, in the end, it's, it's violence, it's the government coming and intervening. So, it, should one community retaliate against another that is affecting them if negatively? I come yes. In
0: and I poison your land?
2: I'm going to come after you're you. You're going to come after me? Yes. Through the government? Well, in this society, yes. Or if they fail me, so through in other a free means.
0: market society, though, you would have
2: to fight me <laughs> with a gun. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. You right? have like, to come, You see it all the time where the, where the justice system fails. You know, if I come people dump, take matters, and they, that, you know what I mean. So yeah, no, like in the UK,
1: we we will hit you with a spoon. Yes, yeah, through
2: <laughs> right, other right, means, right on the head, through <laughs> other means. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: should. Should
2: we? Is is it our responsibility? So, I mean, like me me the coal miner that if, makes your life say, better in every way. If like, if am our and what do I get out of it?
0: If our mm-hmm. emissions cause the glaciers to melt, cause the, cause the sea to expand, cause the salt water the freshwater lens in these small low-lying island nations to disappear and they can no longer live. are you are we? Responsible, and what should be done? What should be done to remedy that?
1: That's a lot of questions. I don't answer.
2: Should the government step in? Um, if I if I harm you, I would expect consequences. I mean,
1: but still, I just don't how see how do what... you realistically measure that? How do you realistically measure that yeah, you so the ca- in the in in Canada have affected? Yeah. You know, Whoever in the Marshall Islands, you can't you can't make that connection between two people. You have to aggregate them, and you can. But you can you, you can, can aggregate them. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but what what solution are you suggesting? Like what possibility? How about
0: some accounting scheme.
2: An accounting scheme where we enrich <laughs> I'm the I'm being authority. cheeky. I
0: apologize.
2: I, I just don't. I think this the is thing is, is like, people- if I knew a solution to never have any. Uh, Change in the climate, from whether it's warmer or cooler, I'd love to I'd love to discuss that. I don't have one. There's this this nice set of and if you look coupled
0: at, model inter intercomparison projects.
2: I just don't understand what the problem is. If you even look historically over a long time frame, things change. They do change. Yeah, we have now an effect on it as well. But what are we suggesting we do? Like just what what happens if we if we have an authority say no more, no more of this n- nasty stuff that's causing these negative externalities. Like how did w- what's? I think the,
1: this is why some people like the idea of a carbon tax because I know it would be completely inefficient, full of weird. It incentives. misallocates capital. It misallocates capital, but but it, it at least provides a, a, a function to redistribute from those who have caused more so damage causing, to those who've caused less.
2: It, you're really just arguing for. A carbon tax is harming people. I'm not, giving anything, I'm saying why people consider it. I was If Nate's suggesting either carbon tax or any forced state authority to reallocate resources, so no coal for you, and you got to go to solar. But you just what said you're doing you would forcibly, if
0: I dumped no, poison on your land.
2: You're forcing. And you would
0: use the power of the state and the violence of the state to come after me, for doing something to you, but now in the case where we, but in as a global reality, society, are dumping poison onto someone else's land, we're not talking now about it's poison a, now.
1: I think I think Steve, I think I don't think you've given us uh, a strong, on a personal perspective. I don't think you've given a strong answer for fairness in the system, in in a global system where it's one climate really, and. The wealthier nations have uh, benefited from the fossil fuels.
2: But we are talking about a future, like a scenario where wealth is equal. And in this scenario. No, I'm talking
1: about right now, we are already seeing impacts of climate change on whether it's uh, the example we've talked about before, because we've researched it, is coffee producers in Ethiopia. We've we've acknowledged
2: that the current state. It's terrible of yes, wealth inequality no, and no, energy inequality. But,
1: but what is? How do we? How, what is the balancing function if you aren't able to get rid of central banks and solve that problem? Which I don't. Yeah.
2: No. What I'm what I'm asking is, in the ideal world, okay, what is the ideal future here? Like where wealth is more equalized, energy opportunity is more equalized. Are Are you suggesting that? nobody's having carbon emissions or we all have equal carbon emissions. No, no.
1: What is the balancing function for the impact of climate change between wealthier and uh, developing nations?
2: No, I'm, I'm trying to say that in this idealistic future that you have clearly in your head, I assume. No. You don't.
1: Just just that question so, I'll ask you. What's the balancing function? Is if And if the answer there is none... I would say there... It, I don't fine. think
2: there's anything we can do. If you want... If you're going to use energy, you're going to emit carbon. The lowest base load you can have on the, in the economy, which is everything, is not using any energy whatsoever. Your metabolic rate is about 80 watts. That's your lowest impact. That's your lowest pollution level, like your negative. That's just your, the breath coming out of your mouth. That's you hunting and gathering and eating. That's the lowest possible. That's just you are, We're basically a light bulb running our body, right? so that's the lowest we can be so what are we striving for are we just like trying to get there because well, no, there's always going to be a level of carbon emissions that we're leveraging technology no, of course, to do.
1: but like the u.s population uh well the u.s is i think 13 percent of global emissions and what 350 million out of 8 billion what's that about three oh, percent of the world population i don't know i'm just throwing a number to you- keep what I'm higher saying is,
2: energy usage, yeah, higher emissions yeah, per capita yeah. is so, what you're
1: saying. So they've got the high benefit, they've got the uh, uh, they've got the wealth and resource to, to mitigate and adapt. What is the balancing function for nations who don't have that? And if the answer there there is none, that's fine. That's an answer. I'm just wondering I just wonder what we
2: establish that. My opinion is a balancing function is to create the equality where the we can say the energy and emissions per capita is equal. Right, that's what we're talking about. Because Ameri- if you're saying America, Americans have more emissions per capita than other nations, which I think yeah. is true. Okay, so how do we equalize it, first of all? Like, how do we equalize it? I already answered that, which was...
1: But does that actually equalize it, or does that equalize the opportunity?
2: Wealth, I, I don't think you can disentangle wealth equality and energy equality. Like, the, how much you're emitting really is a function of how much you're spending, right?
1: Yeah, but there's, there's a chronological... Consideration here that some nations are further ahead in terms of innovation, development, wealth accumulation, mm-hmm. and even if you had energy equality, these developing nations are just behind.
2: I'm having trouble with the question because, like, there is a there is an emissions level per capita that's not equally distributed. I'm saying that if wealth was equally distributed, which implies energy is equally distributed, you would have relatively equal distribution of emissions, which seems to be our problem here. Like we're saying that emissions are the bad thing.
1: Not necessarily because um you might proportion per capita have uh, equal distribution but like if you look at something like a small island their total contribution might be tiny and they still might suffer vastly different consequences than a larger nation.
2: Yeah, I mean there's a current state of things. Emissions are really sort of, you know, you can say they're tied to your spending. If you're spending a lot of money, you're actually generating a lot of production amongst society, right? You're buying burgers, you're buying houses, and people have to go build that and consume resources and make emissions. So it's really a function of spending. And if you have a wealth equality across the globe, and I'll say it on a per capita basis, then you should have a, a relatively equal emissions cost.
1: The consequences might be different due to the geography of the nation you live in.
2: Yeah. There are, there are differences. I'm just saying in this ideal scenario where everything is equal. And, and, and here's what I'm trying to get at. When you're trying to solve a problem, right? Like in engineering, you know, I'm gonna keep going back to that. What, what, is the, what, is the, what is the future we're trying to make? Like, okay, you're, 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 you, have a, you have a problem at a plant and you need to fix it. Well, what does the state look like and how do you build to get there? So what, is the, what, what are we establishing here? What is the state that we're trying to get in the future? I would say it's wealth equality, and then that's energy consumption equality that's emissions equality, how much you pollute. I think we've agreed that you cannot get rid of emissions. there's going to be something at any, any future state you can think of. so there, there, what's important is how do you get equality in all this? and what's the function to get there? I already answered that, which was crush central banking, crush signage. Uh, so that that's one thing, and then the other thing is can you in that future state where we have wealth equality, is there something we can do to kill emissions altogether? There are some things we can do. You can have nuclear baseload completely replace coal everywhere, as long this as we have the thing resources. We're all going to agree on aren't which it? I yeah. I also would like, even though I I, I self advertise as a coal maximalist. It's more yeah. to be provocative and to get these ideas discussed. But if you can re- replace baseload with nuclear, which has low emissions, that's amazing. Like I hope we get there. Uh, Needs a lot of water. Yeah, you'll still have, and that might reduce all the emissions of coal base load uh, for power generation. But then you'll have some coal usage in other manufacturing and all the like. So yeah, we can talk about that. That's that's a possibility that we can, on a per capita basis, okay. for the for a given energy level, an energy base load per person, you could have a lower emissions level. And what there's technologies if to do that. Your
0: wealth and your power usage destroys someone else's wealth and someone else's power usage. Look at, I mean, Canada has, what, 20, 30% of the world's freshwater resources? Some crazy number Canada has. And our developed world, you know, the developed world, our use of energy is destroying the water resources of these much poorer nations. How do you distribute That geographic wealth, water is wealth,
2: not energy. That's that's why I agree in water is everything. So there's a need for regulation.
0: Do do we take these refugees into our homes? into our house. Do, I mean, China built these ghost towns, so they're ready. They're ready to accept these people, all of Southeast Asia, as the sea levels rise, as it gets hotter, as their crops collapse, as the water either become, you know, the, 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 um, the monsoons become, uh, you know, destroy their uh, rice crops, destroy their food livelihood. China can absorb that. You look at the distribution of land on planet Earth; it's all in the northern hemisphere. Not all of it. If but we, if that we, means that they're going to come north. All the water is in Russia and Canada. All the good soil is in Russia
1: and Canada. We're coming we you, Steve.
2: Do you guys should come to Canada? It's a great place, we've and got maybe a plan. if you We're can bring, it. a dual citizen. If you can bring good ideas, we can fix the government. I bring
1: maybe. good whiskey.
0: Do we accept the three point two? to 3.6 billion people with arms wide open or do we build the wall, which I always say is the second best climate change plan out there in the U.S. government is to build a wall to keep these people out. What do we do with these people as they become starved of their wealth, as their houses are destroyed, you know, what is wealth?
2: You... I would say we empower them where they reside, which is... But what
0: if it becomes not possible to live there? What if their cultures are destroyed and their are scattered He's across you what's
1: the what's plan B.
2: Plan B as in like, if we can't uh, crush central banking and, yeah. and get on the right path. Yeah. I, I do think that's the struggle we face now. I, I was, I've been talking online that we're entering the difficult phase of Bitcoin adoption where heavy regulation is coming in and is going to create problems for us that will make it more difficult to get normal adoption the way we were hoping. What is plan B? I, I don't I know how to answer the question. I mean, I think there's a state where wealth is equally distributed. How do we get there? I think it's through
0: water, the, killing is the roof, and killing the do to distribute that?
2: And yeah, but you're, you're talking the about that
0: water is distributed right there now. There is
2: circumstantial problems that. Uh, I can't solve that the government can't solve, as far as I'm concerned. But a free market can at least try to redistribute themselves. Free market if, concentrates wealth. If we empower people in a nation that's being strip mined from fiat maximalists, and empower those people, maybe it's Bitcoin. I hope it's Bitcoin that they empower themselves through us as a group on a Bitcoin network on a distributed grow food. network. No, it it but it generates it. Hopefully, preserves wealth, and if Bitcoin doesn't it, make mate, it
0: rain. Sorry. What
2: I'm saying is the circumstantial disadvantages that everyone has, and you never get rid of that completely, at least if they're empowered through wealth equalization, they can make their own way at that point in time. They can get out of the problems they're in. They're in a, a lot of these people are in problems because they were put there through fiat maximalism, through through signers, through all this stuff that's been talked about on the show a trillion times over. I'm saying if we can. Keep empowering those people; they'll get themselves out of the out of the situation. I don't want the government. I don't think the government needs to intervene. We, I think we disagree on a lot of what the government's role is and what it can do versus a free market. We, the innovation thing is a strong disagreement. But that's that to me is how it is. That's like step can you one. Name one innovation. I have a I have a pump that I designed. Me.
0: No, 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 no. But that's an iteration. Name, it, name an, a true one. Just one. Give me one example.
2: Well, Tax you're going to have to define
1: taxes.
2: was being ironic. You have to define what an, what is the difference between iteration. C- can I? I'm
1: going to yeah. make a point here. Look, we've we've hit a point where I think we've hit an impasse where we're not making uh, progress. Oh, yeah, I at think the moment. that's true. Yeah, and. Uh, I think what we should do is we should end, we have a little conclusion, we should end and and then come back to this at another point. Um, But uh, I tried my best to moderate fairly and I think we're getting getting to a point where now we're not making progress. We're coming down to smaller little arguments. So let's conclude. Let's rethink, reevaluate discuss again offline and then maybe come back and do it again uh i i gay who do i give the opening to do i give it to you yeah i'm gonna give you the close just like a couple of minutes what do you want to say where do you want to close what do you want have you learned anything from today is there anything you've got out of it that's changed your opinion is there anything you'd want steve to think about when he leaves
0: i mean i i look at it from the humanitarian view water is wealth and we are stealing the wealth of the world. We have it, hoarded. We have hoarded the wealth of the world in the, the developed world for the last 150 years and left billions of people starved of energy and prosperity. And now we're saying, tough, tough titties. Uh, we're gonna keep doing our thing to hell with to hell with the consequences you'll you'll adapt you'll adapt that's that is an anti-human view at its core and i believe it is our it is our mission it is our responsibility it's a tort issue to do whatever we can in our ability To use that wealth that we've accumulated through 150 years of economic colonialism, through straight-up colonialism. We've stolen the human capital of the developing world to build our society. We wouldn't have America as a global superpower if we didn't steal the literal people. Then we stole the literal the wealth. And now we're stealing the water, the food, the livelihoods, their capital. And I haven't heard a plan outside of magically destroying central bank, which we all agree on. But that's not a plan for the 3.2 to 3.6 billion human beings who will be material, whose wealth The little that they have will be destroyed by our direct actions. And at some point, we have to do, whether that be subsidies, whether that be taxes, because we can afford it, and it's going to suck. But we have to do everything we can because we can't just let these people die. We can't let these people starve. We can't let these people It's, And I want to do whatever I can, and what I came up with, I came up with the best plan that I could possibly do, and that's to bring them as much energy as possible in as least damaging a way. Because if you have unlimited energy, you can solve unlimited problems.
1: It's it's Steve. Same to you. Um, any conclusion you want? Any kind of closing points and anything, anything you've uh, changed your opinion on, or anything you got out of this?
2: I don't think I've changed my opinion. Um, I I understand thinking defeating central banking is difficult. I feel like I've already done that in my own personal sphere. Uh, I can at least the Bitcoin holdings I have can't be debased. Uh, it's been good for me. It's been good for my business. Uh, it's helped us continue to innovate in the market without subsidies. Although we've taken a little, so it's not, there's always a gray area, but Bitcoin's helped my business. Everyone listening, if I'm, I'm presuming most are uh, cryptocurrency people, aside from some temporary you know, pain, uh, cryptocurrency has been a net benefit to most. And yeah, I, I do think that we are really, and if you listen to me online, I'm always looking high level at the real battle, which is fiat versus Bitcoin. I don't care about the other stuff, the distractions. That's why I'm not interested in crypto generally, broadly. I'm interested in Bitcoin, proof of work technology. And so, yeah, my, my opinion is just simply, it's not my place to just you know pay the government to go help some guy in Timbuktu. I'm going to go help everyone in my immediate community, my suppliers, my people I trade with, my business partners family all this stuff and I'm going to use Bitcoin as a tool to get there and I think that as that catches on as you do it and the network grows it's the compounding effect will eventually be impossible to reverse it'll just it'll very quickly the whole gradually then suddenly thing so you know bring it back to Bitcoin baby I mean that's what all that's how I'll end
1: all right listen I appreciate you both I got a lot out of this. I still need to develop myself are as a moderator. A, are you
2: a fossil fuel maximalist yet? Maybe not. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, like, I don't get that I got you. I don't I, get that I, I got gen- you quite I there. I generally
1: walk down the middle and see it all. And I I, I wrestle with it all. Mm-hmm. I wrestle with the implication or the impact on people who've, done, who've been nothing but um, uh, essentially abused by wealthier nations. And I see that. I also see the fact that you know, we need fossil fuels. Uh, I just see it all. Um, most of all, I m- will reflect on what I did as a moderator and take Danny's feedback about where I was injecting too much opinion and not enough moderating. We're all here to learn. Appreciate you both. Love you both. Let's
2: go. Thank you. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Okay, thank you for listening to what Bitcoin did. I hope you enjoyed this discussion with Nate and Stephen. I did try my hardest to be as neutral as possible. I tried to hold them both to account. I think my position on this has been pretty clear. But you know what? It has been evolving. I was originally just one of those total uh, climate change is going to burn the oceans and boil polar bears. And I've come to understand energy and the need for energy a lot better. I mean, I put some of that towards Alex Epstein, even though I don't agree with him. I think he's opened my eyes to that. Also, uh, Schellenberg has done a bit of that. So I'm trying to walk this line of understanding both sides and try and understand everything that's going on and bring the most relevant people on the show to discuss this. But I do think I did try and walk the line between them as best as possible, and hold them both to account for the things they're saying. And you know what? It did go all over the place sometimes, especially towards the end, but I think it was a beneficial conversation. I will follow up this up again, and I will try and get Epstein and Nathaniel together. Anyway, listen, any questions about this at all, drop me an email. It's hello at whatbitcoindid.com. I will get back to you, and I do appreciate every email I get. Me and Danny do read them. We take them seriously, all the feedback we get. Okay. Listen, have a great week. I will see you all on Wednesday.